When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Danielle McCartney. Sports Radio, 1019 FM. The Fan, WFAN. Well, 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 good evening, New York sports fans. My name is Danielle McCartney, and this is McCartney Before Midnight. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up until 1 a.m. on this Saturday night. Early Sunday morning here in New York City and beyond. Whatever you're doing at the moment. I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the next four hours. Whether it be on your car radio, streaming on WFAN.com, or did you hear? Our Odyssey app is free. Of course, we're here live in the Big Apple. And Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from, well, not from Radio Row, but the Carton Roberts studio. The Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. So go ahead, start dialing 877-337-6666. Get aboard. And let's talk some New York sports. And let me go ahead and check the official pitchers and catchers countdown before we begin. Yankees, five days away. Mets, even closer, four days away. We are single digits within a week. Both the Yankees and Mets pitchers will be descending on Florida, if they're not already there, probably are. Uh, and baseball season's going to get going. But before we get there, the, at the time, fourth place in the East, Brooklyn Nets detonated an atomic bomb at the Barclays Center. Today, just a few days later, we're still discussing and picking apart the shrapnel. 1.18 a.m. Thursday morning, the notification came through. Well, I mean, not really for me, because I always sleep with the sleep focus on. But what news to wake up to just three mornings ago. And, and and what a difference a week makes, huh? I was that first local voice on the air after the Kyrie Irving trade last weekend. And, you know, there was nothing but feelings of celebration and, and, and jubilee and jubilation on the air that night from me and from you. But to wake up and see that Kevin Durant and TJ Warren were dealt for at the time, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks, and a 2028 pick swap. I mean, that was to me that, that was that was kind of just nuts. And I know last weekend I floated the possibility of Durant being shipped out too. I know I, I I mentioned it, I said it, I said it's a possibility, but my feeling was that the Nets were not going to do it. My thought was, as long as Durant was on this team, they can win. Well. Maybe Sean Marks didn't feel that way because Kevin Durant, easy money sniper, is gone. Sean Marks said he was as uh, he was he was he used the word sad when he woke up when he woke up on Thursday, and you know I, I wouldn't quantify the feelings as as sadness. I mean, for me anyway, for me it was more frustration, kind of mixed in with despair. I mean, it was the exact opposite of the initial reaction to that Kyrie Irving trade and. I mean, let's just see how this this young group gels together. But the initial reaction was that with Kevin Durant gone, gone too were the Nets' chances of winning anything substantial in the near future. And I mean, that just signaled the the end of the most embarrassing, the most epic fail 
era in Nets history. And, and, and you know what? Maybe in NBA history. Because I remember in college, we used to have in the hallway of our apartment suite on campus, we used to have something called an epic fail wall. And whenever we took pictures and when we were out doing whatever, and if someone in our friend group, no strangers, just the people in our friend group, if, if, if someone came out horrible, either in the foreground or in the background, we would print out a picture and we would tack them to the wall. And we had literally letters cut out that said epic fail wall. And it was the number – people would come over and they would say, all right, what, what have you added to the wall? It was like the number one must-see thing in our entire apartment. And if I were still living there, I would have a mural-sized, billboard-sized picture of the big three made. And it would take up the entire apartment. Harden, Durant, and Irving played 16 games together. 16 games! And while the Nets went – 13 and 3 in those games, 8 and 2 in the regular season, 5 and 1 in the playoffs. I mean, that's absolutely mind-blowing that the three of them with all the hoopla and, and all of it, they played 16 games together. And, you know, allegedly the story goes that when the Nets traded away Irving, the idea was to build around Durant. And this is a quote from one of the articles and it said Kevin Durant did not support it. And very clearly, on Monday and Tuesday, he made it clear that he wanted to move on when they were facing a situation where they were in a rush job. Yikes. So let's keep all those thank you, Kevin vibes going through, though. Come on. Come on. And in a, in a, in a quintessential page out of a quintessential narcissist playbook, Kyrie Irving is playing the victim card in Dallas. Lines from him like, quote, I just know I want to be in a place where I'm celebrated, not just tolerated or kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel disrespected. To that, I respond, capital L-O-L. I mean, really, come on. Playing the victim. Typical, typical. Next, he said, I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Work ethic? Isn't work ethic defined by the number of games you play in? I, th- I mean, that's, that's, that's how I define it. Maybe we have different definitions of that, Kyrie Irving. You know what? Not maybe. We definitely have different definitions of that. How many times you show up and do your job. That's how I define it. Maybe not you. He said, everyone talks about what I'm doing off the floor. I just want to change that narrative, write my own story, and continue to prepare in the gym. And now that I'm in Dallas... Focus on what I can control. To that, I say, yeah, good luck. And then Irving, minutes after the Durant trade, told reporters that he's, quote, glad that he got out of there. Glad that Durant got out of Brooklyn. To that, I'm like, are you kidding me? Got out of the team that the both of them handpicked? Got out of there with the two head coaches that they got fired? One of which was handpicked? I mean, come on. And, 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 and then I read, the breakup was in the works after year one. Again, I'll say it. James Harden, he was the smartest guy in the room. No wonder why he bolted. And Sean Marks, the architect, the architect of it all, tried doing some damage control. He said, I look at it internally and say, well, it didn't work. Let's be honest there. In other news, water is wet. 
And then he said, after thorough evaluation of the best path forward, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we're positioned for long-term success, draft capital, blah. building again. That's what I say, building yet again. The first way didn't work. Wow, that's some that's some great job assurance there. Mark said, this gives Kevin an opportunity to go in and continue on that quest for a championship in Phoenix as their window opens up. I mean, what? Who cares? Why do you care about him now at all? Why do you care? The guy tried to force himself out in the summer. He forced himself out now. He had to fire the coach. Choose me. It was a circus. And now you're 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 happy that he's going to go and continue on a quest for a championship? Come on. He said, Sean Marks, that gives us a clear pathway now to continue to rebuild and maybe not set the reset button, so to speak. Well, to that I'd counter the slew of draft picks says otherwise. Are you placated by that? I don't know, man. I'm not. What a disaster. You know, the Nets tried to steal a championship. And it backfired on them. Backfired in the most embarrassing way. M- might be in NBA history. And, and and it is officially over. The big three, the small three, the miniature three era in Brooklyn is finally over. And it was not lost on me that tonight, the debut of these Nets players, four of the starting five were new. But it was not lost on me that it just so happened to be James Harden's return to Brooklyn in a blue uniform. And right on cue, Harden was mercilessly booed as, as he, you know, the 76ers won the opening tip. He's dribbling the ball up the court. Mer- booed. I mean, it came through the TV and, and uh, Sarah Kustak and Chris Carino let it happen. They didn't talk over it. They knew it was coming. Perfectly timed. They just let it happen. And he, tonight, Harden, received the uh, the built-up ire, the built-up, fin- the, you know, the pent-up frustration of the Nets fans that have just fed up and, and ready to say good riddance to this, this failed experiment, epic fail of an experiment. Because he had to bear the brunt of it. Because unfortunately, in a regular season, the Nets don't have the Suns remaining on their schedule. The Nets don't have the Mavericks remaining on their schedule. So it's time to flip it and reverse it. Missy Elliott there, right? You got that? It's time to flip it and reverse it to the Levert, the D'Lo, the Jarrett Allett times in Brooklyn. The good old days. And, you know, game one with these new guys. My, fir- my first impressions are these. these. These guys are the anti-big three. Like, total 180. I mean, in terms of playing defense... And, and, and in playing time, and just refreshing, uh, fun, and honest introductory press conference by Bridges and Johnson. I mean, Mikhail Bridges played in every game with the Suns. I think he missed one game. 400 games, including the playoffs. I mean, that is the anti-load management. I love it. I love that. And then on a season-by-season basis, he improved upon his average points per game, field goals made per game, assists per game, steals per game. So this is a guy that is continuously getting better year by year. Plus, Bridges can defend 
multiple positions. And again, that D word again that I never used with Durant uh, with and Irving here. Defense. And Cam Johnson, again, improved on a season-by-season basis. His points per game, field goal percentage by game, and, and, and three-point percentage. Like, for example, tonight, Mikhail Bridges, a steal. It was like the first quarter because I was still home. I was still watching. A steal under the basket on a lazy inbound pass to Harden. Harden, he, I didn't turn around, I don't think. I, he wasn't even turned around. Bridges did not miss a beat, stole the ball, put it up and in. I mean, that, and then he started, yeah, like, John with the crowd. I mean, welcome to Brooklyn. The very next set of two points, Cam Johnson followed up with that. I mean, Brooklyn at that time was in the middle of a 10-0 run with the crowd chanting, defense, defense. I mean, isn't that a nice change to hear at the Barkley Center? The defense chant? Yeah, I think so. And unfortunately, just that that stellar effort tonight just just came up, uh, I would say, a fingertip short. Spencer Dinwiddie from the low. I mean, it was like a, a play out of out of NBA 2K. I, I, I create a player always. That's how I do that game. And, and I always have like this sharpshooting three-point player making draining threes from the logo. And, and well, Spencer Dinwiddie right out of the video game from the logo at midcourt by a fingertip. Fingernail did not beat the buzzer to send the game to overtime, tied at 101. Otherwise, a great showing by the New Look Nets tonight. And you know what? A new chapter opens in Brooklyn. All of that. Plus, it is almost, it's, I feel like it's like Christmas Eve. It is Super Bowl Eve. Tomorrow, in just a few hours, really, it's Super Bowl Sunday. So it's 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 my first discussion of, my first crack at it, discussing the Super Bowl. And if you remember last week, most of my show was hijacked by, by the trade of Kyrie Irving. We didn't even utter the words Super or Bowl at all last week. So I'm Daniel McCartan. We've got lots of topics to weave together tonight in what I hope will be a fast-paced show through 1 a.m., and I wouldn't want it any other way. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Nick said Nets gave me high five is going to be on Monday night at the Garden, I believe. As I have the Knicks game on in the studio right now, the Knicks lead the Jazz. Quick math here by five points with uh, 10-21 left in the game. I'll keep you updated on that. And we've got lots of action going on tonight, too. We've got a Rangers game on. Uh, 440 left in that game. And the Rangers lead the Hurricanes with a score of 3-2. to two. Uh, and, and the Devils are live as well. So I only have got one screen in here. So I've got the Knicks game on here. And the Devils lead the Wild, period two, two to one. So right now, Knicks, Devils, and the and the and, and the Rangers are all winning. I love that. Nets almost sent the game into overtime, and you never know what can happen. Uh, when you get there, they were fingertips short. The Montreal Canadiens beat the Islanders today in overtime, score four three. So just a quick update across the board here. And uh, you know everyone knows that how 
into music I am. I mean, I play the trumpet. I read music. I, I've been to shows of the Swedish House Mafia, to Jay-Z, to Carrie Underwood, and to, to more than two dozen trips to the Metropolitan Opera. So, yeah, opera. I said that. Yep. So, um, I'm trying to think. We've seen Rigoletto and Hernani and... Lelicia Doramore, all Italian ones, but Madama Butterfly. But tonight, as I've done for every Super Bowl weekend show that I've been doing for the past, I don't even know how many years, on WFAN and, and on my own independent radio back in the day, tonight, the top of the hour rejoin music will be by Apple Music Super Bowl halftime performer, Rihanna. And I do this for kind of two reasons. For you who is pumped for this halftime show to get extra pumped up, and for you who might be unfamiliar with the artist, you know, you can at least tomorrow say like, hey, I've heard that before. Don't worry. I got you. So, uh, yeah, let me tell you, Rihanna is so good in concert. I- I've seen her twice. Once at the Barclays Center on Cinco de Mayo. Ye- that's years ago. And-, and once at the Mandalay Bay Event Center in Vegas. And she's an outstanding performer. And it's an outstanding show. And I cannot wait to see if she brings someone with her. She teased it. Drake, maybe, Calvin Harris, maybe, Eminem for a second year in a row. Like, I can't. As soon as she was announced, I was like, yes, they nailed it. But my favorite halftime performance of all time to this day is it's the the mashup of, of NSYNC, Britney Spears. Then it was Nelly and Missy Elliott came out all in their primes with Aerosmith, who at the time was experiencing that renaissance with the Armageddon movie. So... Uh, to me, that is the best halftime performance of all time. But uh, let's see if Rihanna tops it. Lady Gaga was close. I'm excited. Can you tell I'm excited? 877-337-6666. Uh, with the Super Bowl tomorrow, of course. And uh, with with the way things looked at the Barclays Center tonight, maybe this new dawn of Nets basketball is exciting. 877-337-6666. D-Rock in Brooklyn. What's up? You're on the fan. Yes, Danielle, good night. Uh, glad to be on once again. I'm excited about this. Uh, I don't, I don't want to call it a new chapter because right. uh, I'm looking at the old book that was the big three yeah. and worst book I've ever read. And part of my frustration is I put so much energy into cheering for these guys. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm anti-Knicks. I, I grew up born and raised in Brooklyn. And I've never been a Knicks fan. As a matter of fact, when I was a child, I grew up a Pacers fan. That's how much I hated the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited when we signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because the Knicks didn't get them. Right. But at the same time, you know, you heard all the rumblings about Kyrie in Boston and, you know, he left LeBron in Cleveland. Yep. And from day one, I remember the incident where he had on the hat and he wouldn't take it off. And they asked Kevin Durant to talk to him. And Kevin Durant says, that's not my... That's above my pay grade in the sense, you right. know, y'all figured that out. It was downhill from there. And unfortunately, it came to a crashing end. I was sad when I woke up. <laughs> Good thing my phone was on silent that morning because I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. Me too, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited for this new group. Uh, tough loss tonight. I, I think, you know, part of the rule of basketball is you, you find your game when you develop your game in the summer. So we are going to get what we have with Cam Thomas and – and Mikael Bridges, uh, I think those are going to have to be our two go-to guys, including Dinwiddie. Uh, he's he's improved over the summer. But um, there's going to be a lot of games like this. And to be honest, I'm probably going to be more happy watching this team 
uh, probably be a first-round exit, but I know they're going to play hard. I know they want it. I know they desire it, and that's basically what I want. You know, I just have a question for you, D. In terms of Sean Marks, yeah. uh, I don't blame him for how the stars acted. I more look at him as uh, perhaps a flawed GM because his small ball philosophy, you know, when you have Kevin Durant out there playing power forward in the center sometimes, you know, you need a bigger body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Joe Sy perhaps should think twice about bringing him back. I, I, I think that's his guy. But in terms of roster construction, uh, never – you seem to be allergic to big men and power forwards, yep. like true power forwards. So yep. just give me your thoughts about that, and I'll take it off there. Yeah, thanks, T-Rock. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I watched the first quarter, then I left you know, to come here. I needed gas and all that stuff. but uh, So I left a little earlier than normal. But but what I watched, I saw an, a Nets team that was like invigorated, you know, um, big, two, six, six, Claxton, of course. I mean, this is this is – and, I, and Tim Capshaw kept saying on, on the broadcast, he kept saying, I mean, you got guys out there with seven-foot wingspans. I mean, finally, the Nets have some size. And and it seems to be that they, they want to get out. They want to get out and, and run and gun style. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie with the alley-oop. I mean, that's fun basketball. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to see where this team is going to go. I mean, obviously, the East is a gauntlet with the teams atop of the East right now. Um, but maybe a first-round exit, I think he'd be happy with that, a first-round exit at this point in time. I mean, you traded away Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and say what you want, but those two guys are really talented basketball players when they were on the court, which was part of the problem, especially with Kyrie Irving. So you're getting a guy in in, in, in Mikhail Bridges who I, I think he's missed one game once. Just the other night it was, and he said he bothered him to sit there on the bench. Good. I'll take that guy on my team any day of the week. Grittiness, a guy that wants to play, get in there, wants to, you know, wants to mix it up, wants to play defense. The art of defense. I mean, defense is all about effort, man. Effort and footwork and getting your hands up. Nets have been missing that. So, hey, this this new book, I guess, as D-Rock wants to say. It's a brand new book. I think it's going to be a little bit more exciting than the old book. Because the old book, it was the same chapter again and again and again and again. As we check into the garden right now, 99-99 tied up with 717 left to go. Randall just hit a free throw to make it uh, 100-99. to I'll keep an eye. And the Rangers, fresh off a win, a 6-2 win against the Carolina Hurricanes. So there you go. And on top of that, four goals for Artemi Panarin I, I was just about to say, he had a, a hat trick I know I saw. And his 200th. And uh, four. Was it an open net? Was the last one? No. Time? He was just on the ice with a minute left and ripped one past the Carolina goaltender. Nice. The, te- the new Vladimir Tarasenko-led New York Rangers. There we go. Two in a row. Second Here half of a back-to-back in Carolina. Yeah. Tough place to play. Very impressive win tonight for them. Tarasenko scores a goal with th- within his first three minutes as a Ranger. Yeah, I think it was like two forty. Guarded into yeah. a frenzy. I mean, awesome. A new era of 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 Rangers hockey, maybe even hockey is here. And like with the the trade deadline is March third for the NHL. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Rangers are necessarily done. Islanders just traded for Bo Horvat. The Devils yeah. are going to do something because they are too good not to do something. Yeah. So they are going to get a top six guy, whether that's. And again, if you don't know hockey, you won't know these names. 
Timo Meyer, Patrick Kane, one of those types well, of really big players. Kane was pissed that that yes, he's he, no longer going to be a Ranger. Yeah, he want you could tell because the Chicago media asked him. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't exactly thrilled with that trade. Yep. So he because he knows he wants to get out yep. of Chicago because that's a rebuilding franchise right now, yep. and he wants a chance to win a, uh, another cup. Why not with the New Jersey Devils? Woo-hoo! They're there. Yep. All right, 877-337-6666. Let's go to Lou in Astoria. You're up next here on A Fan in New York City. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you, Lou? Good, I'm fine. Listen, 35-21 Eagles, okay? Mm. Now, as far as halftime shows, uh, Shakira and J-Lo, Oh, my God. I, I, let me tell you something. I couldn't even sleep that night. <laughs> okay? Are you still I mean, recovering that was, from that one? That was unbelievable. If any man out there <laughs> tried to tell me that they didn't get divorced that night, they're full of it. Okay? Divorced. And then, uh, of course, my favorite is that uh, even though he was, uh, he has a lot of faults, he was, you know, the greatest performer that I, I ever seen being alive is Michael Jackson. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. This guy is amazing, okay? Now, quickly on, on, on uh, LeBron James, if he was a man, and, you know, this guy, stop using the F word, especially when there's kids around. Mm. You're a great player. If you was a man that really cares, you would go and tell Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, listen, the three-pointer is the reason why I did it. You're still legit. You're the man on high school, college, and the pros. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Louis Sintor, is the greatest that ever lived. I don't know if you was too young to remember that. Definitely. But, yes. you know, you like to look things up, do me a favor, do so, and enjoy the Super Bowl. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah, thanks, Lou. appreciate that. You know, I uh, I was definitely too young for the uh, the Louis Sintor, uh, the whole thing out there in L.A. Uh, I mean, what year was that? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I was even alive, actually. Um but I did watch that HBO special on it all. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, the whole thing. Uh, obviously, I'm just being facetious there. Obviously, that's not the uh, the correct depiction of, of what went on there. Although, I don't know. There's always a little truth in those things, isn't there? A little craziness, a little truth. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I was a little bit too young for, to appreciate that. And also, I was a little bit too young to appreciate how great Michael Jackson was. Uh, my parents have this home video of me singing, uh, it's black, it's white. I was like in diapers still, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm sure Michael Jackson, I, I would have loved to have seen him live, the opportunity to see him live for sure. Don't you think the last year's Super Bowl is very good too, the halftime show with the hip-hop with Dre, Snoop, and yeah. Mary J. 50 was there. I thought it, I thought it would, last year was Excellent. I just thought I, I wish that they all had a little bit more time. I think there was too many of them there. You know what I'm saying? Like Eminem got one song or, or half of a song. You know, it was like 35 seconds and then it was on to the next one. So I just wish it was a little bit more focused. That's all. That's fair. But it was good. Yeah, it was That's, good. No, I thought, I thought it was. I, and I, the set was cool, too, how they went through yes, all the different rooms. I thought it was awesome. They did it in SoFi, which have, obviously was the new stadium. Uh, so yeah. I thought I thought last year was was really impressive. I liked it. Yeah, I just thought each guy, each person got more time. That's all. Otherwise, it was good. Yeah, they've uh, they've stepped it up in 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 the most recent years. I mean, I love the Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga, and when she came down, right. well, propelled from the roof. Of the they stadium. had that stretch where they went to all like the old classic rock acts. Yeah, 
for a while. Yeah. And that was fine, because if you're into that stuff, that's fine. Yeah. And then you see where it's going. You just see where your fan base is going and what they want. Right. Like, it goes from, you know, classic hip-hop mixed in with some new hip-hop last year. Right. To Rihanna this year. Yeah. So it's all the same genre for the most part, which is fine. I have no issue with it. I, I love Me it. either, yeah. So, but you can see, I mean, there's a reason, you know, there's a reason the Rolling Stones aren't doing it. There's a reason Dave Matthews Band isn't doing it. There's a reason, you know. I thought it was going to be Taylor Swift this year. Swedish really House did. Mafia isn't doing it. I know. I would love to see an electronic. Well, well, well that, that, they're too small to do it. Like they, you'd have to get like a David Guetta or like a. No, that's too small. That is, seriously, it's just too like. So who would it be then? It, they don't have. They don't have a big enough. I don't think they have a big enough act from the electronic music field. Unless to Unless you do someone like a Calvin Harris who has worked with so many and he's the main focus, and then they bring in a Rihanna. They all the featured right. artists. Right. That would be cool. Right. That or Marshmello. You know, one, yeah. one of those types. Yeah. Right. But there's a real chain the, smokers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can like do it, but I just the Taylor Swift stuff. I think it would have made sense, but I just don't know how much football fans want to hear songs about, like, breakups at halftime. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how much they want to hear songs about, like, this poor girl in a relationship's time. That's not all Taylor Swift sings about. I'm going to stop there before I get Swifties angry at me on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, But I don't, I, no, we don't want, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, and she's wonderful. Choice. She's wonderful. But I don't want to hear songs yeah. about like negativity and what? sadness oh and like everything. God. I just don't want to hear that. I, tomorrow. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna burn a Taylor Swift CD for you of all the upbeat and happy songs, and I'm gonna give it to you next week. <laughs> I'm Danielle McCartan. I've got a huge problem, also too, with all of the thanking going on in Brooklyn. Thanking Kevin Durant. Thanking Kyrie Irving for what? 877-337-6666. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back. You're tuned in to WFAN Radio in New York City. My name is Daniel McCartan, taking you to 1 a.m. And I cannot believe that the Brooklyn Nets took time out of their day to go out of their way to publicly thank both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on social media. I like I it, I can't believe it. I just retweeted their their thank you to to Kyrie Irving on on, uh, on the break here. On February 9th, the Brooklyn Nets official account posted, Thank you, Kevin, with a really nice picture of him in a Nets warm-up. And they followed it up two minutes later with a tribute video tweet post for him. And I'm sitting there watching it. I'm, well, One of the 121,000 people that sat there and watched that. And I'll bet you all 121,000 people who watched it and said, For what? What are we doing here? The guy, Kevin Durant. Started just 42% of the regular season games he was here in Brooklyn for. 42%. Now, I'm in education during the week. If you want, do you want a 42% on your test? You don't need to be in education to know that that's a, that's a failing grade. I mean, he, he started in 42% of the regular season games, and we're giving him a, a, a post, a tribute video. I'm confused. Isn't this the same Kevin Durant that said something to the effect this summer of, 
trade me or fire the head coach that I handpicked and the general manager that brokered the deal to bring me here? Trade me? Thank you for what exactly are we doing here? Then, because the people started wondering, well, Kyrie Irving, when he was traded first, where, where's the t- tribute tour for him? A day later, on February 10th, the Brooklyn Nets posted a nice picture of Kyrie Irving with the message, thank you, comma, Kyrie. Thank you, Kyrie. Uh, where do I start? I mean, really, did they mean to write, thank you for being the most polarizing player in this entire city across all major professional sports because you are the most non-dedicated main circus act across all of professional sports? Maybe that's what they meant to say. And then, oh, wait, four minutes after that Kyrie Irving post, the Brooklyn Nets account posted a montage, a Photoshopped clip art paint, Microsoft paint montage with all of the players they traded at the deadline with the message, thank you. And the accompanying tweet said, thank you for all you brought to Brooklyn. I'm confused. Tell me, is it me that's missing something here? What are we thanking these guys for? This is out of control. Completely out of control. Unbelievable. I got a tweet from Mike O'Brien. He says, thanking Harden for what? Thanking Kyrie for what? Thanking KD for what? One playoff series win? Yeah, I guess that's what it is. For 16 games they played together. 16 big ones. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Oh, it's like the participation trophy era, and you get a thank you, and you get a thank you. That's like when you were a kid on Valentine's Day. I know that's coming up, so it's kind of top of mind. You had to buy the, 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 the Valentine's. Mom had to buy me the Valentine's for the whole class because everybody got a thank you. It's like the Nets are sending out their little, you know, you fill them out, you know, dear so-and-so from Danielle, uh, you know, my Ninja Turtle ones, my Batman ones, and you give them out to everybody. Because nobody can go without a Valentine's Day. No one can go without a thank you on this Nets team. What a joke, man. Am I, maybe I'm missing something. You tell me, 877-337-6666. We go to Chris in Rockland. You're up on the fan. Daniel, I agree with you 100%. You know, I don't want these guys on my team if they don't want to be on my team. Right. So Durant, Kyrie, you're gone, and I'm glad you're gone. And, you know, you cannot just be dropped off into a team and find instant success. These guys with their super team mentality feel like they're going to get helicoptered into a team and have this success. And as soon as they get the first bit of pushback and they have some struggles, mm-hmm. they want to they leave. We, we don't need players like that. That's I'll right. go to war with the guys who want to play. Yeah, like these guys tonight. I mean, you could see that they wanted to play. You could see it in the press conference that they could not wait to get out there. To give me those guys any day of the week. A hundred percent. Listen, I, I'm coming back from that game. I'm here with Big Al. Nice. And, uh, you know, the, the fans were really giving it to Harden. So, you know, the fans know something that management doesn't. You, know, you don't thank these guys for what they did. They didn't do anything for us. Nothing. An embarrassment. I mean, Sean Marks is lucky he still has a job after what they put him through. Biggest disaster in all of NBA history. And they're thanking him for what? For nothing. And you know what? I, I, I'm glad this kind of happened. I mean, it, it 
totally blew up the team and it set us back a couple of years. But I think overall, from the standpoint of the league, I, I hope this kind of puts an end to players trying to engineer their way out and creating their own super teams because I, I think it's destructive to the league in general. It absolutely when players is. Are just calling all the shots. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it put an end to it because you got these guys on immediate contending teams now. The both of them. They forced their way out, and now they're, they're, they could be playing for the championship this year. Both of them. They get rewarded for bad yes, behavior. Yes, exactly right. basically what happened. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you know, we were there. These young guys are playing with a lot of heart. Good. And, you know, when you have Durant and Kyrie out of the way, it gives some time for these younger guys to take more shots and yes. develop some of their skills. Yep. So hopefully, you know, these guys can develop a little bit more. Maybe you get a superstar come in somewhere down the road or you get it through draft picks. And maybe, you know, three years down the road, you have a real quality team that we can get behind. You hope. You can hope. All right. And yeah. by the way, I don't think I want to see Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show either. But, you know, it's not just for football fans. Everybody watches the Super Bowl. Right. So sometimes, uh, you know, you got to throw a bone to everybody because it's almost like a national holiday, you know? I wish it was. I wish I, I, wish I was off of work on Monday. I wish that. Not going to happen, though. Well, some <laughs> of the kids are off from school, at least where we are from. So you're doing a great job. Thank you, and, and keep up the good work. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. We'll talk next week on your way home from the next... Is it is it home next weekend? Let me check. No, they don't play next week, and I'm on at 7. All right, we'll tune in next week. You'll give me a call. All right, great job. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so guess what? There's, there's another discussion here, an undertone here. Should... Two things. A... Should the, the Super Bowl be moved to Saturday night, A, and B, should Monday be a day off? And it's an, like, like he said, like a national holiday. So I, I know I'm not off on Monday, and I know the schools in Philadelphia, regardless, and, and this happened last year too in, in Cincinnati, and I think, yeah, definitely in Cincinnati, I know they had a day off. But now the uh, the schools in, in Philadelphia win or lose for the Eagles they have a delayed opening on Monday. Well, I think it's a delayed opening because they know win or lose, the city might get destroyed <laughs> yeah, from the hours between like 10 and 2 mm. because of those, you know, those Philadelphians. So yep. um, I think that's the reason why. I had a quick question. This is a separate topic, but the guy brought it up. Don't you think in order to win NBA titles, you you need big threes? Like if you're, Nets, well, if you're yeah. a Nets fan, wouldn't you do the same thing over and over again? Like a billion percent, if you said we're getting Harden, Durant, and Kyrie on one team, like everyone would do that. Everyone would. I think they they just got unlucky for whatever reason. Because the combination didn't work. But you need you need three you need guys to win. So I understand why Nets fans are upset, and that's fine. I get it. But don't act like you wouldn't like take this again. Don't act like Knicks fans making fun of Nets fans. Yeah. Don't act stupid. like you didn't want KD and Kyrie Absolutely. and Harden on that team because that's Absolutely. what you need to win. Yeah, especially in this league when, yes. when it's like super team after super team. And yes, you need it. And they tried and it failed and it failed miserably. Well, they didn't get the right combination of guys. It failed, but you would do it again. Again, again, and again. 877-337-6666. Quick break. Kevin Dexter update, and I'm Daniel McCartan. We back with you at the top of the 10 p.m. hour. We're down. 
happened you talked about it on the fan when new york sports happens talk about it here the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app My name is Danielle McCartan. That is Rihanna. If you didn't know, now you know. I I think she's going to play that song tomorrow. It's one of her most famous songs. Please don't stop the music. I am so excited to see her perform tomorrow at halftime. Since the day it was announced, I was like, this is going to be great. Jeremy in Long Beach is going to weigh in on halftime shows. Go ahead, Jeremy. Hey, Danielle. How are you? Good, good. Um, How are you? I know. I had so much to say, but... Early on, I'm like, first of all, I'm not going to waste my breath on the NBA because it's almost unwatchable these days, yep. in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Understood. It's, it's, uh, as far as the Super Bowl goes, it's, I love somebody said earlier, like, push, let's push it back, like, say, uh, President's Day weekend. The Monday's off, Sunday's there, and we, uh, you know, you have the Monday off. Why not, right? So you want to move up President's Day up to the thirteenth? I want to put. I want to push the opening day back a couple weeks. Ah, uh, okay. And then slide it into President's Day, Super Bowl's President's Day weekend. Yeah, you would just need to push it back one week, actually, opening week of right? NFL football. Yeah. And then everyone has Monday off, mm-hmm. and Sundays. Then don't worry about moving to Saturday. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's 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 the best solution without screwing up everything. That's the best solution moving forward. Yeah. Right. I and like then it. Just getting just just getting your thought on. Uh, halftime shows. Mm-hmm. I drove from New York to Tampa for uh, Super Bowl 35 in uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. Giants, unfortunately, lost to the Ravens. Then picked my grandfather up. One of the best halftime shows. Even Tyler Aerosmith, and Sync, Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Out, oh yeah, Nelly, that Jeff is the best Kimberly. one. Yep, it was. Uh, I mean, the best. That was the best one I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Yep, agree. Agreed. So, anyway, that's all I got from Long Beach. All right, Jeremy. Thanks. Appreciate it. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the best Super Bowl halftime show of all time. NSYNC, Missy Elliott, Nelly, Britney Spears, and Aerosmith. Because I, I like the blend. That was a good blend. My dad, my parents liked it. You know, I liked it. My brother liked it because of Nelly. So it, it was very all-encompassing. Everybody enjoyed that one. There are other good ones, too, but that one sticks out. Yes, I'm with him. I, I've, he's probably about my age. I bet you he's about my age. But, yeah, that was a really good one. Let's go to Lane in Valley Stream. What's up there, Lane? Uh, I'm a, hello, Danielle McCartan. How are you, Lane? Um, yeah, I actually want to, want to talk about tomorrow's Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But do you think we have Jana Hurts? And we have Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a tight game. You know, I mean, who would you want to win tomorrow night if you were the Eagles? Well, if I was the Eagles there, Lane, I would want the Eagles to win. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Uh, yeah, if I were the Eagles, let me think about this. Yeah, I would want the Eagles to win. Yes. Ben and Queens, you're up next here on The Fan. 
Okay, I gotta follow that. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> ben, uh, if, if you're the Eagles, who would you want to win? Hey, evening, coach. Um, <laughs> you know what? Let me get the Super Bowl pick out of the way. I've been saying it all the way through. I've I've, I've had a great playoff. The only game I lost was Cincinnati Buffalo. Mm. All right, I've won every game. I'm going to say I've got to go with the Eagles. I got to go with the Eagles. I love Mahomes. Mahomes is possibly the only player that correct what I've been saying. Problem is, I don't trust his coach. I don't trust Andy Reid. Mm. All, all, all the way through, what have I been saying? You'll win by running the ball and stopping the run. Right. Andy Reid is the only guy who will have Pacheco break off for 35, 40 yards on the drive and then go three or four drives with only giving them two more touches. Mm. And for this game, it's whoever holds the ball and make, takes advantage of their, their opportunities more. <laughs> I, I know the Eagles are going to put 24 to 30 points on, on Kansas City. Yeah, I think I'm a fair not assessment. sure Kansas City is going to do that to the Eagles. Yeah. Fair assessment. There it is, simple. And I love Mahomes, and Mahomes could blow Mike Dereal right out of the water. Mm-hmm. But I, the the Kansas City games that they have played should not have been this close. Because again, like I said, I go down. Isaiah Pacheco's running the and and folks out there, you, you're free to disagree. But Pacheco be running the ball great. And then I go two or three drives where he wants to put in. Oh, who's the other kid? Number one, what for? Kidding? Yeah. yeah, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, and then you bring Pacheco in, and now everybody loads up the front, and he can't run that way no more. Yeah, you stopped him. The defense didn't stop him. Mm-hmm. That being the beside the point, let me let me roll through quick with the area teams quick. Yeah, Ben, um, but I'm I'm not. I, 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 someone was trying to 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 ruse me on Twitter into giving away my prediction. I'm not doing it yet. I am not giving away the goods yet, but what you're saying is making a ton of sense to me, Ben. Hey, 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 I'm not forcing you. I know, hey, it's live radio, folks. She saves that for the last hour. You're going That's to right. tune in all the way. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you know it. So, but quickly, quickly, college-wise, yeah, good win by St. John's. But now every game's a playoff game because you put yourself in this hole. 15 and 11 you're going to have to win out and win a couple of games of the Big East tournament to get into the big dance. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately for the area teams, it looks like it's going to be UConn, it's going to be Rutgers, Hofstra, Fordham, who's quietly, no one's paying attention to Fordham. Mm-hmm. Take a look at Fordham's record, folks, and Siena. Those teams are going to be in. Siena. When I was in high school, we did a basketball camp, sleepaway basketball camp in Siena. I still have the basketball that I got as a as a gift. <laughs> yeah, but, but but again, for area teams, that's under the radar. But yo, a check check what Fordham and Siena have been doing, and I didn't expect Hofstra to be this good this fast. But they 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 are they are. If they could get through that damn tournament, they they got a great chance. I can't believe the Rangers got Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. I really thought we were getting Kane, but I'm with you. I could see the uh, the Devils landing Kane like that. Yep. Uh, any news on Josh Hart for the Knicks? Uh, what do you mean, any news? 
because I heard part of that trade was being held up because of his physical, similar to Gary Payton Jr. for the, uh, the Warriors. I mean, not not that I know of. Well, all right, that just just went went to ask the woman in the know. So, <laughs> I mean, so. not I mean, not really. I'm not all the way in the know, but I don't I don't think so. I mean, he played tonight, 26 minutes. So, oh, he did. That's awesome. Yeah. That means it's through because that was one of the best videos I saw on social media. Brunson finding out. Yes, that's that's brotherhood love right there. Yep. And and finally, let me hit you with this. What the heck's wrong with Gino Oriana? What Can do you mean? keep his mouth shut? About what now? <laughs> oh, they lose to South Carolina. Uh-huh. And I saw the game, and I knew they were going to lose. Oh, they're letting thugs and these bully ball people all over. Look at that. God Stanley put them in his place. Where I'm like, dude, you just called that team bully ball and essentially called them thugs. Playing a Doug style, uh, you're trying like to get those calls. Yeah, you you realize certain recruits are seeing you say this now, yeah. and those recruits love Don Staley. So when you go knocking at their door, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the words so, have repercussions for sure. Yeah, there it goes. But coach, enjoy the big game. I can't mention SB by name because everybody gets fined. <laughs> but, but enjoy the big game. Thank you for the time. Talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Talk to you next week. Enjoy the game as well. And again, it's it's Super Bowl Saturday. It feels like it's like Christmas Eve in a way. This is Super Bowl Eve, and you know it's it's just one of my favorite weekends of the year. Everybody who doesn't, I mean, my mom doesn't really watch football. I got a couple friends that don't really watch it, but they watch it this weekend. And usually, I was just telling Kevin Dexter, I said I usually. I do have a Super Bowl party. I host it at my house. I, all kind, I still have all, all the decorations. I accumulate more every year. I go out and buy balloons with the with the helmets on them and everything. And I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm just, I don't know. I just, I'm not having one this year. I don't know. And I was like, do I try to find one or do I just stay home? Do I go out? I don't know. I still don't know what to do. But wherever it is that I end up watching this game, I need to have one particular food item. I mean, the Super Bowl is no, it's like culture in and of itself, right? What is one food that you absolutely need to have tomorrow? Because for me, it's mozzarella sticks. I have to have mozzarella sticks. And this is dating back to, like, like I've hosted a Super Bowl party every year since I was a freshman in college. I mean, we I had people come in. They had to wear jerseys, whatever team they wanted. And I usually end, ended up lending out all of mine to everybody. But you had to come. You had to wear something football-related, whether it's a jersey or sweatshirt, whatever. And it started then. That was like the tradition. It started freshman year of college. And then, I don't know, just, just this year is kind of like, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I, I, I can't put my finger on it. But um, either way, must-have food. And I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say two. One, obviously, being the mozzarella sticks. Must have. But number two, I, like, I might go out and buy that Carvel football ice cream cake. You know, the crunchies on the inside, the crunchies on the outside. Those two things, mozzarella sticks, an ice cream cake with the crunchies. I am a total happy camper. That's all I need. What about you? What do you need to eat on Super Bowl Sunday? Paul, what do you need to have on Super Bowl Sunday food-wise? Well, for me, it's a little bit more difficult. I don't eat cheese. Oh, that's right. So mozzarella sticks is no, pizza's a no. 
Uh, luckily, whenever I do go places, whenever I do get pizza, I just get it without the cheese. So it's yeah. just like bread and sauce. Yeah, it's not good. So I'm down with that. Uh, chicken wings are, I think chicken mm-hmm. wings are a must. Yeah. Chips dip, the onion dip, you know, the sour cream with the onion mix. I think those are, yeah. that's a clear must-have. Um yeah, ice cream, some sort of dessert. I'm a sweet tooth guy, so I'm definitely down for desserts. Um, and then hopefully it's, you know, you top it off now with it's legal. You win a few bets here and there, and you know you try to you, you try to pay for a few nice things, and off you go. Yeah, I, I got actually. I didn't even get a chance to like look at this yet. I brought. I'm in two box pools, a five dollar one and a ten dollar one. And I, I'm look. Let me look at my numbers because my mom's in on this one. All right, I have in this one. I have. Three and nine. Uh, you can yeah, that works for you. Well, I mean, the only thing that doesn't work is these teams aren't going to kick field goals. Yeah. If it was a normal nine-three, you yeah. know, that's pretty much it. You're not getting like twenty-nine, twenty-three. No. Maybe you are. I mean, there's always something that goes around. You could do have a little score gami. Yeah, yeah. I right, have about a one and three. That's good. Twenty-one, thirteen. Yeah. Twenty-one, three. Yep. Thirty-three, twenty-one. There's some mixes with that. Okay, and I got that zero and eight. Ugh. 10, 8. 28, 10. 28, 10. 28, 10. Final score. <laughs> so, you, so far, you have numbers that all can actually work. Yeah. All right. How about this one? This is the $5 box one. I got three and five. Three is a tough one because yeah. these teams, well, 13. Yeah. 13. That's it. 35, 13. That's not going to happen. Right. I got uh, the final one I have is seven and two. Ugh. That's a hard one. Yeah. Two is a safety. Yeah. 12, probably not. Oh. 22, that's tough. Yeah. But the way these teams go for two-point conversions and stuff, it's it's not totally, like, out of the ordinary. I remember there was one year where I was ready to go. I was going up to bed, whatever numbers I had, and I was going up to bed. I was like, oh, I didn't win this. And all of a sudden, they went for a two-point conversion and missed it. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just won. And I won the final score of that game. I forget what, what the numbers were. Like, something weird, like eight and six or something like that. Ah, Minnesota Wild just scored a goal to tie it up, two-two. Are you in any pools? Uh, yes, I am. I am in. Uh, I'm in a regular box, which I really I forgot what numbers I have, which is bad. I think it's like five-four, uh, and I forget which one it is. And I'm also in a minute to win it box. What's that? Which is a great idea. Every minute they pay out. What? They pay out um, money. So I have. Uh, gosh, I forgot what I had. I think I have like nine two and like nine one. How much were those four. boxes? A lot, probably, right? Not a, not a lot, but like more than five and ten dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah. More than five and ten dollars. So well, so then, what do you win then? So if the, I mean, if every, the score stays the same, you win yep, every minute. Yep. So if what? it's zero zero at the end of the first quarter, you win the entire first quarter. So you win fifteen minutes. So wow. whoever has a zero zero box is always nice because. Yeah. Now the only negative part for that this year, I don't know how long it's going to be zero zero because these are two pretty electric offenses. Well, so you got the number one offense in the league, the Eagles. The number three offensive in the league is the is uh, sorry the other way around. Eagles are three, Chiefs are one. Yeah, maybe a minute. At least if you're zero zero, you can win the first yeah. minute. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what you're banking on. You're hoping no yeah. kickoff return, no like you know ninety yard pass going one way or the other. Oh, way. Can you imagine? That would be my luck. That would be my luck. I had this year. I've been so close on so many final score bets, and I just missed on like these ridiculousness things. Like the one game, the Jets Patriots. I I picked overtime, 
punt return for a touchdown. First one of the entire season for any team in the league. It was like week, whatever, seven. And they ran it back. Done. Okay. See ya. There was like 20 seconds left. All right. Lost that one. So um, I did win one. I did win one. My bet on June 21st, and then I thought about it again. I had It was a Saturday. Before my show, I put $15 on this. And then after the show on Sunday, I woke up and I was like, I think I'm going to put another $15 on this. Dayball, Coach of the Year. Took home 300 What, what? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I got a tweet from I Hate Dead Ends, and he said, it's Coach McCartan set her up, Carvel ice cream, and he put the football cake. That's right, Carvel. NFT, whatever. NIL deal. Let's do it. 877-337-6666. A little segue into that. Did you watch the awards late Thursday night? NFL honors? It was a New York kind of mood out there in Arizona. Let me tell you. I'm Dana McCartan. We'll talk about our one giant winner first. That was Brian Dable. One giant loser second. And how both of those things will help shape the narrative for the New York football giants moving forward. My name is Danielle McCartan. With you till one. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Hanging with you till one. As I turn my attention here just to the, to the screen in the in the studio here, in the TV, obviously only just one screen in here, but the, the, I think the Devils are the only ones left playing live. They're in Minnesota, and they are tied 2-2. 11 minutes left in the third pier. Keep you posted on that as we, as we go along. But I got to tell you, Brian Dable, first-year head coach, NFL's coach of the year. Somebody tagged me on a post on Instagram, and I was just turning my phone off. And uh, it was, uh, if you want to go check it out, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. They put the music, not me. But Brian Dable, first-year head coach, NFL's coach of the year. Congratulations to Coach Dable. I watched it live. I was like, I forgot. First of all, that used to be on the night before the Super Bowl. So I was not expecting to turn off my DVR of The Real Housewives in New Jersey and find that the NFL Honors was on. And I was like, wait, what? So then I was like, oh, they're going to do Coach of the Year. I, you know, I go to bed early during the week, very early. And I reset my body clock every weekend to be here. But no big deal. It's great. I love doing it. But um, I was like, oh, it's going to be probably... I looked, and it looked like it was going to be the second-to-last award. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I got to get to bed. I cannot stay up till 11 o'clock. And then as I was letting the dog out and everything... They said, coming up next, Coach of the Year. And I was like, what? I parked my butt right back on the couch, and I watched it. And I and I was like, oh, my, oh, come on, come on, come on. And then they said, Brian, first of all, I thought having Deion Sanders out there, on, I was like, uh, that's not, that's not, you know, he was the announcer of it. And I was like, that's not going to bode well for me, I, I don't think. And I was like, because he did play one year in San Francisco. And it was a good year out there in San Francisco for him. And I'm like, all right, well, that Kyle Shanahan, that's a shoe in definitely. That's kind of like a an easy way to do that. And then I was like, oh, great. So I, I was sitting there as they were going through the nominees, you know, like on the Grammys. And I was like, oh, come on. And they announced his name. And I was like, yes. The dog was barking the whole thing. 
I couldn't fall asleep that night anyway, either way. But um, Dable in the acceptance speech, he has a ton of kids, man. He was trying to remember all their names. People were laughing in the, in the, the audience. But you got to love what he said after, you know, after he was on stage and got a chance to think about it. And uh, he said, A, I'd rather be playing down there. And that, to me, shows that there is a clear-cut goal in that building and even the hoopla surrounding this award, that the eyes are always focused on building to next year in, in and around that building in, in, in East Rutherford. That I drive past after I leave here every night, I drive past there every, every single night. And B, he said, this is Dayball, said, I know I'm the head coach, but there's a lot of people in our building that contributed to our success this year. There's a lot of people in the building who deserve it a hell of a lot more than me. I love that because for me, that means that there's a complete and total team-centric collaborative effort going on inside that building. And then Joe Shane kind of even said it too. He said, maybe we weren't the most talented, but we did have a good team. Guys cared about each other, the culture was good, and the process we had in place. I think the dividends showed up on Sundays. And I'm telling you this right now, and, and I knew it before they even hired him, because if you remember, I he was my choice for the Giants when it was time. Brian Dable is going to be here a long time. Finally, finally, some stability at head coach for the New York Giants. And when there's stability, that's when you see an uptick in performance, an uptick in winning, an uptick in, dare I say it, championships. And Brian Dable endeared himself to everybody, all fans of football, when he said, I'm going to sit back, eat a tray full of nachos, drink a six-pack, and then I'll start my diet. I'm just going to watch it as a fan back in New Jersey. That is all of us. So I guess his go-to is a tray full of nachos. Mm, Not opposed to nachos. Have to have cheese on them. I don't like salsa. Six-pack? Yeah, all right. Then he said and then he's going to start his diet. That's great. Starts on Monday. Diet starts on Monday. You know. If you know, you know. But uh, in that in that race for for uh, for head coach of the year, AP head coach of the year, Dayball received 16 first place votes. Kyle Shanahan, who was the only other one I thought it might have gone to, he received 12 first place votes, and then Doug Peterson was way behind with five first place votes. And I mean, Peterson got to work with a number one overall picked quarterback who was in his sophomore season. So, of course, the game's going to slow down for him. And everyone loves to point to this. I'm sure, right, the Jaguars won the division, right? Yeah, the Giants didn't. Okay, but that's a bad argument because it was the single worst division in the NFL. And the Jaguars were the only team in the AFC South with a winning record at 9-8. and eight. So they basically had no choice but to win that division with that, that, with that record. And they were the four seed that did not deserve a home field advantage game. I get it. They won the division. I get it. They beat an imploding five seed. I mean, big whoop. So it was a two. What's what's that? I can never get these expressions right. Two dog race, right? Something like that with between Shanahan and Dayball. And of course, my rooting interest was Dayball. I had put money on him in, back in June. The other one was Kyle Shanahan. I was a little worried about Kyle Shanahan because. He would be the only other choice that deserved it other than him. And 
I know that the 49ers had the seventh best odds to win the Super Bowl before the season even started. And besides the fact that two of the teams in that division were literally among the worst five in the league. So they had pretty good odds to win that division. Shanahan, he did deal with a lot of adversity at the quarterback position. I get it. But it's also really easy to manage or to handle that when when you've got George Kittle as your tight end and your safety blanket. You've got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel catching your passes. You've got a traded for midseason Christian McCaffrey running the rock and being that second safety blanket for you in the passing game. I mean, that's not a Shanahan thing to me. That's a John Lynch thing to me. Got a tweet from Matt Fasulo at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. He says, oh, when, oh God, when can the Jets find stability at the head coach? Um, Yeah, that's a great question because I think that if uh, the Jets don't make the playoffs this year, I think they're going to be searching for a new head coach. Hate to say it. And now part two of the NFL Honors Awards. And if you want to get aboard, 877-337-6666. Paul's taking your calls. In part two of this, if you watch the NFL Honors, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay. From a team standpoint, okay, not from a player standpoint, from a team negotiation standpoint, Saquon Barkley did not win Comeback Player of the Year. Now, that's a good thing for the Giants, actually, because that's one less thing that he can kind of hang his hat on when he starts seeking out this new deal and they start talking numbers on this new deal. Because to me, I mean, I think the Giants should be franchise tagging him, not offering him a long-term deal. That, and, and Because from a team perspective, again, from a player perspective, you're out there, you're busting your butt. You know, coming back from injury, it's not, it's not, you know, it's, you want, you want these awards, you want these accolades, you want them to pay off for you when it comes time to sit at, down at the table and be like, okay, give me what I'm worth. But from a team perspective, from a team perspective, that is the most, franchising Saquon Barkley and offering Daniel Jones a contract is, the, to me, the most cost-effective way to go about improving this team. So you use the tag on Saquon, you don't use the tag on Daniel Jones. If I'm GM of the Giants. Because as you know, the Giants are, you know, kind of handicapped, kind of handcuffed when uh, when it comes to the salary cap and the, mo- the available money to spend, et cetera, et cetera. I got a tweet from Authentically Mike, and he says, I appreciate you as well as Coach. Oh, I appreciate you as well, Coach. Dayball was undoubtedly Coach of the Year, but Dan Campbell, I thought, deserved just a little love. You're right. I'm going to tweet that back. You're right. I agree. I mean, those players, that they play for him, biting kneecaps and everything. They play for Dan Campbell. And while Saquon Barkley did not win Comeback Player of the Year, you know who did? Geno Smith. Geno Smith, of course. I still, years later, it's almost 10 years later, tell me I don't hold a grudge. I definitely hold grudges because I still cannot root for this guy. I mean, as a fan, as a fan, when the draft used to be in in Radio City every year, I, as a fan, I sat there with my friend Joe, and when the Jets picked Geno Smith, I had nothing against Geno Smith. 
I just had something against him picking a quarterback at the time. Again, you know, the quarterback carousel. I booed the pick. So did everybody in Radio City. And I felt bad. I did. I booed the pick, not the player, not the man. But it all turned for me. And why I still cannot root for Geno Smith is because I just think back to what a non-leader Geno Smith was for the Jets. I mean, getting punched so hard in the locker room over what people thought was gambling, people thought and it ended up being, I think, was a $600 plane ticket. He got punched so hard in the locker room that his jaw needed to be wired shut to be fixed. Broken jaw in two spots. I mean, you're, you remember it. I know you do. It's hard to forget. How about this one? This one sealed the deal for me. If it wasn't that, this one, the quarterback, the starting quarterback of an NFL football team missed a meeting. Okay? He was obviously asked, why did you miss the meeting? Geno Smith says this. And it was, they were, they were in, here, here's the setting. They were in California. They were in, specifically, in and around San Diego. And they were playing the Chargers. And he missed the meeting. Of course, asked about it. Geno Smith says this. And this is a direct quote. And I tried to find the audio. But it, it's it's not it wasn't available. I, I couldn't find the audio anywhere. But it said, well, Geno Smith said, well, see the times. We always get the schedule. We get emails and all that stuff. Mainly, I counted down instead of counting up, and I got the times mixed up. So I guess you could say I was on West Coast time, thinking I was on West Coast time when, wait, I mean thinking I was on East Coast time when we were actually on West Coast time. So that was just my mishap. It really had nothing to do with the time zones. And I'm like, you know that GIF? I call it a GIF. You call it a GIF. I call it a GIF. Fine. Agree to disagree. But it's it's that GIF of that man with all the math equations going around his head. That might be one of my favorites because that that's what that, – that's me trying to decipher why Geno Smith missed the meeting. Geno Smith, the quarterback of an NFL football team. Giving an explanation as to why he missed the meeting. I mean, I, this is this is a joke, right? So, no wonder why he was comeback player. Of the, I mean, starting from that, being to where you are now, sure you're going to make a comeback. And I get it. So it's just about this past season. I get it. I'm just making a joke here. But I cannot, cannot root for Geno Smith. Still, to this day. Hold I hold, hold a grudge. What do you want me to do? But from and, and backing up, the you know, from the Giants perspective, I mean it's 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 an it's it was it's it's a no brainer. It's it's a it's a good thing. Saquon Barkley didn't win it from a Giants perspective. Just got a notification. On my watch here, it says, James Harden says, quote, he, oh, sorry, James Harden says he, quote, doesn't look like the crazy one. That's an end quote there. After Kyrie and KD exit, and that's Brooklyn tenure was, quote, unquote, frustrating. I've been saying that for two weeks. He was the smartest guy in the, in the locker room trying to get out. He was, he was, it was a sinking ship. He realized it was a sinking ship, and he, like a rat, he, he got out. 
He got out. Good for him. Paul, you ready to throw down with some some picks here? All right. So some prop bet picks. Uh, It's not just for fun. It's completely cutthroat. He likes to win things. I like to win things. Keep it locked for our cutthroat prop bets picks so you can have the upper hand at your party. See what's on the line for the winners and the losers here, right here in the studio. My name is Daniel McCartan. Be right back here on The Fan. Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. And then going into the end zone is Steve Gregory. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. know me still say moji but i've been low-key hey i I don't want to curse word to slip out so i'm just gonna stop right there (laughs) this song though classic classic i wonder if eminem is gonna come out in the super bowl halftime performance with rihanna hey i don't know you listening right now by now you have to by now know that i am a competitor at literally everything i do want to have a shoe tying contest good i'm gonna beat you and i hate to lose and, I mean, we can go down the list of all the things, but, I mean, video games, I'll, I'm going to admit, you know, once or twice in my life, I have pressed the reset button on a game that I may or may not have been losing, okay? So, um, that's my take on winning and losing. Paul, how much of a competitor are you in real I'm, life? I'm, I'm competitive. I don't like to lose. I don't like to be bad at things, even though I'm bad at a lot of things. I don't like to be bad at things. Mm. So, I, I get frustrated at times. Like, if I'm golfing poorly, I'll get frustrated on the golf course. I'm known for that, but I try to channel, I do try to channel my frustrations, but I'm competitive. You break any Ooh. clubs over your knee or what? No, mm. no. Okay. No. Okay. Not to that extent. Not to that extent, no. <laughs> By the way, I know we're both watching the same thing, right? You have the Devils game on? I do. Yeah, me too. It's 2-2 in overtime. Exciting. 2.50 left. I'll keep an eye on that. So, I, I put together this completely cutthroat prop bets thing. This is year two, and Paul was on the air with me last year when we did it. And uh, I'm looking to protect my crown. You know, last year, it took months, but Paul, nah, let's say weeks. He did uh, pay well, up. A lot the... of that, because we didn't see each other for about a month. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, honestly, we didn't see each other, so that, that, there was a little bit of an excuse there. And then you were, and then, and then when we did see each other, you were like, oh, I forgot. Yes, yeah, so I forgot, and then <laughs> I brought it in, and you weren't here. So, yes. So, the, the bet was loser- has to get the winner like a drink, right? So I asked for, since I won, of course, rubbing it in a little bit here, I asked for a six-pack of Black Cherry White Claws. That's what I asked for, and he delivered. So uh, if you win this year, Paul, what are you looking for? We can run it back. I don't mind running white cl- case, uh, case of White Claws. All right, back. so you want one, too? Yeah. What's your flavor? I forget. Black Cherry. Oh, you are, too. I'm a Black Cherry Pineapple... Oh, we have the same palette. Those yeah. are my two favorite too. Yeah, black cherry pineapple. I'm down with that. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, we we don't. I don't need the surge. Well, I don't need the surge oh, and the big expensive. wave and you know whatever other uh, you know sayings they want to mix up because it's a, a it's a beach style industry or whatever. Yeah. On that note, did you hear they're coming? They're coming out with their own vodka. Did you hear this? No. White clothes coming out with their own vodka. Well, we'll know. say that for another day. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know. All right, so I came up with, with seven prop bets. I didn't want to bore everybody, but I have seven prop bets. And, oh, 
Oh. Nope. I almost, I almost squeaked in for the, for the wild. All right. Um, so, number one. Result of the coin toss. What'd you pick? Tails. I had heads. Okay, so we differed on that. That's good. Okay. Team. Oh. Who is that in the, is that Vanacek? Yeah, it's Vanacek. And then oh that was actually, a, it's two straight breakaways what from one for the Devils, one for the Wild. And both goalies made pretty good saves, or they were just poor shots by the attackers on the ice. With 34 seconds left before we go to the shootout yep. in Minnesota, the state of hockey. Oh, a one timer. And oh, I just—I'm so enveloped by this game, and I know we can't do play-by-play. And I no, and there's twenty. Like, and we, we can. There's twenty seconds left. And we there's twenty it. seconds left. It's, it's a. It, I love hockey. It's my favorite sport. It has it, it overtaken baseball, overtaken football, and basketball pretty much easy, pretty easily. Yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think the action is so fast-paced, and we're going to go to a. Uh, ooh, there close. we go. Going to a shootout. His shootout, we go. All right, on this quick commercial break in between. Uh, in between, so uh, coin toss. I have heads. You have tails. Okay. Uh, I guess I should be keeping track of yours too, right? All right. Paul says tails. Okay. Team to score first. Eagles. Me too. Okay. Both. All right. Uh, first commercial in the first commercial break after kickoff will be for what? I gave a couple choices. Would you pick? I went liquor. I went insurance. I almost changed that to liquor today, actually. I went liquor. All right. I picked insurance. The other choices were automobile and TV show slash movie, not including a commercial break for like a Hulu or like a Netflix or just the field other. Okay, number four. Will a curse word escape the censorer during the halftime show? Yes or no? No. Yeah, same. No. Let me write down. Same. Okay. Combined total final points, whether that's overtime or not, final points, add them together, will they be odd or even? Even. I have odd. Okay, so this is this might work out. We were worried we were going to have all the same the same ones. Okay. Uh, color of the Gatorade shower at the end of the game. I gave a bunch of choices. What did you pick? Yellow. I picked yellow, too. Why did, did you do any research on that? I did. No, I didn't. I... I think the Eagles are going to win, so I eliminate red because I think if the Chiefs win, it'll probably be red. Mm. So I was I was close to saying like green or blue because of the Eagles, but there's no blue, so I was going to go other. So I went neutral yellow because <laughs> an Eagles beak is yellow. Oh, so I did a little research, you know me, and I looked up when they won the NFC Championship game, and they uh, it was it was yellow the Eagles. And then I looked up when the the AFC Championship game happened, and it was orange for mm. the Chiefs. So I think, spoiler alert, I think the Eagles are going to take this. So that's why I picked yellow. All right, number seven, f- final one, number seven. Who or what will be mentioned first during the Super Bowl MVP speech, regardless of who it is? I gave a bunch of choices. What'd you pick? God, religion. I had that, and then I switched it. I'm a uh, to what. I switched it to team owner slash organization slash front office. That's fair. Yeah. And I went back to Mahomes' last year, and he, he thanked them first. That's why I switched it. Yeah. The Eagles have a very, like, faith-driven team. Yeah. I so know. I think they're – that's how that's what my thinking was. Okay. See that? We're good at this. All right. So wait. You picked uh, God and religion, right? Paul, God, 
and religion. And by the way, the other choices were family, coaches, the city, the fans of the, of the team, team owner, organization, front office, God slash religion, and team slash teammates. Uh, so, all right, so we differed on a few. Let's see. So we are betting a six-pack of regular old either black cherry or pineapple White Claws. Are you here next weekend? <laughs> you never you never know. Every time I leave here, I'm like, Paul, you on next weekend? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's give everybody a score update on this side because you're watching it and, I, and I'm looking at this. What, what's going on here in this Devils game? Uh, it is uh, one nothing wild in the shootout. Uh, the Devils missed two, so if the wild score here, the shootout will be over and the Devils will just get a point instead of two points. Jesper Bratt just missed on his shootout attempt. Okay. And a really nice save by Felix Gustafsson. And Freddie Goudreau will now try to win the game for the wild. All right, let's see. And Vanacek's in the goal, right? 41. Yes, it is Vitek Vanacek in net tonight. Isn't that so fun to say? Vitek Vanacek. All right, here we go. Game over. Damn. And they go wild in Minnesota. That's my call. <laughs> oh, man. All right. The Devils lose a heartbreaker out there in Minnesota. Final score, 3-2. to two. All right, we got a quick break. Kevin Dexter update, and I'm back with you at the top of the 11 p.m. hour right here on The Fan. We have a mic, and you have a phone. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. This song takes me back to see. This is Rihanna, by the way. Rihanna performing the Apple Music halftime show in, uh, I don't know, less than tw- 24 hours. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Uh, that takes me back to senior year at high school when we used to be able to leave for lunch. That exact song, Tracy, I don't want to say her last name, but tr- we went to, to uh, she drove, she had her license. She was born in February. I wasn't. Yet having my license, I'm in May, but uh, she took us to 7-Eleven on a lunch break one day. We were allowed to leave. We weren't cutting. I, don't, I follow all the rules still to this day. And uh, that song, and she says, uh, put your hands up to the ceiling. Tracy was like doing it in the car. And I, I still remember that. The weirdest things you remember, right? So that was, I think, Rihanna's first, first song to hit the airways and the radio waves and uh Years ago, that was 2006, or yeah, 2006, I was a senior year in high school. So I cannot wait to see Rihanna perform. Really, I really can't wait. And also, too, uh, lots of news on Thursday, but did you see Thursday afternoon? Did, did you see it? Steve Cohen paid for a Super Bowl ad for the New York Mets. It's going to be at or near the end of the first quarter is what I've seen. So it's 30 seconds long. Don't miss it. And it made its rounds on social media that very same day. And and I watched it and the whole thing. And, you know, although I do wish that the Mets and, and all of these other commercials just don't get leaked, I just think it's not fun. But but I did watch it. I wasn't going to not click on it, right? It's not fun when you get to see the commercials before they happen. But that's the way it is now, right? Everything, everything gets leaked. But uh, anyway, in it, and it was just filmed in Florida like recently, probably last week or so, 10 days ago maybe. In it, 
Brandon, I say Nemo because that's the Italian way to say it. Brandon Nemo, uh, Kodai Senga, Nido, Lindor, Diaz, and Mr. Met, too. They were all answering phones as if they're Mets ticket reps, basically. And I think it's like a kind of funny concept, right? Um, and then I don't want to spoil it if you didn't see it yet. But uh, And it's it's not national. It's, it's just going to be for our uh, TV market. So for our TV market, the airtime for a 30-second spot in the Super Bowl is rumored to be $275,000 for 30 seconds in the New York media market. So for us, for me, I, I speak for myself. For me, that's a lot of money. Chump change to Steve. That's like a, that's like almost like a house. That's like half of a house in Bergen County, you know, for on 30 seconds. So that's chump change to Steve Cohen, uh, if we're being frank. But let's be clear. It, it won't be shown across the country, just in our area. But I think that's a fun thing. I think he's trying to take this Mets brand into the next stratosphere. And this is just the first of many ways that he's going to do it. 877-337-6666. Mike in East Meadow, you're up here on the Phantom Manhattan. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? Good, love your show. Uh, I have a quick, funny, uh, disaster Super Bowl viewing story from oh, last no. year. Oh, no, what happened? So, yeah, so I'm in a uh, nice of Columbus, which is your standard, you know, it's like the AMVAC, the American Legion. Yep. yep. You pay a fee, you go there, they have a catered, you eat, and you watch the... Uh, uh, the game, and it's yep. a very nice place. We've all been to those places. So I'm at the, the, the place, and there's two. There's a a, a, a a TV in the bar area, and then behind the bar area, because it's kind of crowded, there's another area that's not terribly big, but there's another TV set up there. So what happened was I was in the back of the bar watching it, and all of a sudden there was like this craziness going on, and at the end of the day, the TV that was in the bar area, and there's different technologies. It was the same broadcast, but there's different technologies that get the the, uh, the video and the sound to you. Mm-hmm. So long story short, the video, the TV in the section in the back where I was, had a three-second delay oh. from the TV <laughs> that was over in the bar. Oh, I see where this is going. So we're sitting there and watching the game and all this other stuff, and it'd be like, you know, the Rams have the ball on the 10-yard line and, you know, uh, third and one and all this other stuff. And the play occurs inside the bar, and we don't get it till three seconds later, oh. but we get the action of the crowd. Yeah. All of a sudden, you'll be sitting there, and it's like, oh, wow, oh, and you realize <laughs> yeah. that you So it was just, you know, the most uncomfortable thing and uh, somebody had the idea to start, like, placing some bets, and you have a three-second, uh, uh, you know, uh, lead-in to uh, make a bet with somebody in the front. But oh. it was just so disconcerting, and, uh, you know, we still had a good time and everything, but uh, we were on the uh, in the bar in the back where um, what people tell me is certain uh, broadcasts go through a series of satellites that circle the Earth, oh. and that was – we were getting our signal, so – the the three second delay kind of uh, was weird and uh, ruined it for everybody. Yeah. Oh man, that stinks. Yeah. I, well, it's a good game, but uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll uh, be careful next time to go to the TV that has the uh, the live or broadcast. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that right until you like sit down. You wouldn't know that until you you sat down and the game started. It, it took me a couple of trips to go to the bar for a beer to figure out what was going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I and I was thinking, I was just telling, I 
Kevin Dexter and I said, you know, I, like I said, usually I have a party, but you know, if 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 an invite to a bar came my way, I, I would probably go. But now I know, thanks to you there, Mike, that that I should really check out the TVs before I pick a spot to sit for sure. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to mix it up and give a little bit of a different slant to things because there's so much, you know. Uh, coverage going on, so I just want to share that with you. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. I love when people chime in with their their own personal experiences and things like that. It makes it makes it fun, right? I just saw a tweet because because Luca the, the the trending topic right now is Luca and Kyrie, and then Dallas Texas TV saying Luca and Kyrie going to be special to watch Mavs fans. Oh my god, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, for for the first week. <laughs> that's how that's the stipulation I'll put on that for the first week. And um also, just FYI for baseball fans, you know, the league, Major League Baseball, MLB, took out a spot for it's going to be during the pregame. They took out a spot for the the World Baseball Classic. Uh during the pregame show, not during the game game. And I I have to assume that's a national ad, not just specific to to our you know, area like the Mets one is. And, um, you know, the, the timing of this is not lost on me either because I think it's smart to do it during the last football game of the year because all eyes pretty much, especially in our area, neither of our teams are playing in this game. So so Monday, as soon as the game is over, people are going to start, you know, eyes to the baseball season. So I think it's a great smart marketing thing. Not that I know anything really about marketing, but – World Baseball Classic has a pregame show ad. Um, I don't know. That's, I, I think it's pretty cool, right? So Steve Cohen, again, it's the Mets local Super Bowl ad. It's a flashy statement, um, and, and I love it. I love it, actually. And, and I think it makes it fun again. Like, make baseball fun again. Get kids involved again. Hopefully it brings people back to the game. I love baseball. That's why. I, and I, I want it. See, to see it continue to, to grow because, um, you know, it's been, and, and from my, you know, youth level, it's it's been kind of stagnant growth. And I, I will say, though, I had a preseason meeting for you know, my softball team, you know, tryouts for the softball team. And last year I had 14 girls come to the meeting. So they all made the team, you know. What am I going to do, cut one or two kids? That's silly. And then maybe ha- down the line have to forfeit a game because three of them are absent from school. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I kept 14 girls last year. And so this year, I was surprised. We I think all of us in the room are kind of surprised at how many kids, girls, came out for the softball team this year. I had 28 kids. 28. So just looking around the room, I said, guys, you know, nine play at a time. You know, I don't want to take that that many more than that. So just look around the room. Look at the number of people in this room. We're probably going to have cuts this year, which is a good thing, right? Because there's more interest and all that. But uh, it's also a bad thing for the kids that obviously get cut. But hey, it is what it is. But I, in my in my little pocket of Bergen County, softball's a little bit growing. Cool. Uh, let's go to Matt at the Jersey Shore. You're up next here on the Fan in New York. What's up, Coach? How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I don't think I ever asked you. How old are the girls that you coach? They are middle school age now. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was high school or whatever. It used to be. It was. And then I, I switched gotcha. roles. I switched jobs in the same town. But now now I just coach where I am. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, hey, you got 
double the amount of girls looking to play for you. So yeah. it obviously says something about you. Nah, I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> so I have to ask you, just because of how you know I'm an apprehensive Jets fan, uh-huh. if Aaron Rodgers is sitting in the dark doing shrooms somewhere in Nevada and decides to not come here, who would you be comfortable taking as a long, long-term long solution, given that we have such young players mm-hmm. who are going to be with the team for so long and hopefully bring stability to the quarterback position, too? I mean, I'll go ahead and ask it. Would you be happy bringing Sam Darnold back? No. Or Baker Mayfield? No. Or anyone somewhat young? Uh, I think the two. Cho- if it's not Aaron Rodgers, the two choices are Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. That's it. Um, I want no part well, of Baker Mayfield. I want no part of of Sam Darnold. That experiment failed miserably. I've made peace with the fact that Derek Carr is probably going to the Saints, and Jimmy G seems to me like he's an he's a uh, shoelace untied tripping away from being on the IL. So. We, I, I, I hope to God they have some kind of long-term contingency if we don't get Rodgers. That's all I need to say. Yeah, and, and you know what, Matt? And, and we could debate this all you want. Thanks for the call there. It's a stimulating question because if it's a long-term solution, I mean, no one's more durable than Derek Carr. Unfortunately for him, he, he, he can't win in the cold. He's terrible in the cold. So, again, I'll, I'll challenge Jet fans and say, okay, well, start building a dome for MetLife. Then I'd be more than happy bringing Derek Carr in here. But unfortunately, the guy can't win in cold weather games. So to me, that that crosses him right off the list. If again, if this is if it's not Aaron Rodgers. For me, the answer is Jimmy Garoppolo. And I understand the injury history and all that. But you know, that's the answer. I mean, he, he's a better quarterback than Derek Carr, by the way. Look at the numbers. Because I did. I studied it, believe me. Um, and as long as the guy can stay healthy and stay on the field, I hate using that expression, stay healthy. I want to say as long as he can stay on the field, not injured, the Jets have a real legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. Really. There's f- their familiarity. It's not like he has to learn the entire offense all over. Like There's so many reasons why Jimmy Garoppolo would be a perfect slide-in kind of fit. And the correct answer would be Derek Carr, but he can't win in the cold. I mean, he proved it just playing in Pittsburgh. Three interceptions, and in, 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 it wasn't even that cold. Three picks in a game. And, and and I was, there's a Raider fan, the band teacher, he's a Raider fan. And I, he's like, what do you think about Carr? I was like, I hope not on the Jets. He was like, well, why? And I said, because he doesn't win in the cold. And he was like, yeah, well, you're right about that. I mean, there's a dome, you know, and he played in California, and then they moved to Vegas. There was a dome there. Yeah, I get it. I get it, he said. So, I mean, everybody knows it. <laughs> and and I got people in the media, in Ve- sports media in Vegas, texting me and telling me there's no way he'll survive the New York media. No way. It's too soft. Those are my words, not theirs. But my words is my interpretation is that, you know, he, he's too soft for it. So, there's that. Andrew in Bergen County, Westwood, New Jersey, my neck of the woods. What's up there, Andrew? Hey, Coach. How are you doing tonight? Great. How are you? Good to hear from you. Good. All right. Um, no, just like, you know, when we talk about the Jets, 
I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a long-term solution. The, the long-term solution, I mean, short-term, it's great if we get him, but then we still got to find somebody as an understudy. Yeah. So go watch him, and then I think that's where the Jets fans are really, you know, Carr I'm not really too happy with. Garofalo, the only thing I'd say, because he was under Belichick and everything, I mean, all right, durability, but, you know, he, it's, it's just what the Jets are going to get, it's going to be a short-term. Even if we get Rodgers, he's only going to last maybe – Two more years, and like I said, the New York media is really tough. I mean, it's the greatest place to be to res, you know, to uh, recreate or uh, resonate your career and everything. But for Jets, they have to look at it. If they get Aaron Rodgers, you have to use him almost like, okay, we're going to go with him for you know maybe three, four years at the most. But you still have to get an understudy. Sure, so, you know, say, it, listen, we're going to bring you in. This is what we're drafting. But yeah, you're going to follow him. You're going to watch the way he does it. You know, follow his work ethics and everything, and develop. That's the only way I see because the only way they're going to be successful with all these young players that they have, I mean, this year, you know, going with, you know, the rookie defense and offense, I mean, they have to, you know, look at that way. Andrew, what if I put it to you this way? Aaron Rodgers comes in, I think, two years max. Two years, right. he comes in, he delivers the Jets a Super Bowl, right? But right. The, call me crazy, right? But the understudy is already, it, it, the understudy is Zach Wilson. No, he's not ready for it. If you looked at where he played, the Pac-12, and I was, you know, the Pac-12 was weak that year. Of course. I, I did the whole, all the work play, up on it. But, Andrew, I did it. I did all the work up on it. But I'm saying now that he has been in the NFL for, for, for a couple years now, right? A, you know, he's got his feet wet in the NFL. Right. He's got his idol as, as the veteran quarterback, QB1 in the room. He can learn from him every single day. How to re-watch film. How to do this. How to do that. How to deal with this. How to deal with the media. All of that, right? Take crucial notes for two years. The kid is—he has talent. He has physical ability. Now, of course, he—I had leadership questions about him in my draft workup before they took him. Intense leadership questions about him. All, right. You know, all of these things. He played at BYU. It's not a big school. The competition. He didn't even play with fans in the stands. Maybe that's affecting him. We did all that. We talked about all that. But what if the understudy is right there under their nose? Well, no, it's a perfect. That's exactly okay. I'm fine with that. If that's the case, then yes. Then you tell Zach this is what you're going to do. Then they have. Then they, then I. You know, as a, as for Jeff fans, it's like yo, get your tickets, get ready. Yeah, the Super Bowl can happen and. You're going to have a great – if anything, when Zach Wilson takes over, if he fall, if he fails, he fails. But if not, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the best way of looking at it. Instead of wasting your trades right. and your picks for the, in the draft, you know, just tell everybody, this is what we – we got Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson's our backup. He's going to be the understudy. And then after two years, take it over. And that's then right. it's up to you. If, you. if you haven't done anything – then, you know, hey, we, we did everything we could, yep. but obviously you're not going to make it. And we gave you the best. Yep. You know, and, and no fan can ever, no one's going to dispute that because right. we brought in the best for you. And yes. that's it. That's perfect. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, that that would be my plan. I think that's a pragmatic, I think that's a logical plan moving forward. I mean, they, what are you going to do? Just throw him to the side? They, they, they wasted all that draft capital just to pick him at that spot and just throw him to the side? They can't well, do that. Right, and, and, but I don't think. Yeah, right. Now the only thing is how much of a how much of draft picks you got to give, you know, to the Packers. Well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Right, that's the thing, and that's the whole thing. And you got to make sure that he, you know, I mean, like I said, you got to have a thick skin. The New York media, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, you know, it's not for everybody. You know, right. it's like what, what Roger Clemens said when he came down from Boston, and he said it when he was with the Yankees. He said, "Man, 
they weren't kidding me. He says, you put that pinstripe on, man, the media, the fans, they'll kill you if you don't win. Yeah. They expect you to win. That's right. You know, you're getting paid. You got to produce. Right. And Andrew, and thanks for the call there. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good call there. But, and I'm thinking this, I don't care how weird Aaron Rodgers is. As long as he wins, I don't care. Nobody's going to care that he's weird and hiding in a hole for three days in the dark, pitch black dark. Like, no one cares. As long as you deliver wins and a Super Bowl, you could cement your legacy. And and you know he's in these State Farm commercials and all that. Where better to do that than here in New York at these endorsement deals and, and really, really lock up your future in the league? I mean, it's the biggest market in the country. It's called a major market for a reason. So that's the thing. And and maybe the understudy is right there under their nose. In fact, I would say he is. Bring in his idol, let him work with him, and we'll see we'll see what happens. And 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 yes, they brought in the best. Then it would be on Zach Wilson at that point. Do you want to be an NFL quarterback or not? Because right now the answer is no. And I know we already talked about the Giants and their direction based upon this year's NFL Honors Awards. And this is a great segue. I'm Daniel McCartan. Let's talk about the Jets next here on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Well, the New York Yankees have won the last game at Yankee Stadium on September 21st, 2008. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. To WFAN, my name is Danielle McCartan, rocking with you till 1 a.m. Uh, Pete Hoffman, I believe, comes your way then. Yep, he's giving me the nod. Yes, Pete Hoffman takes it over at 1 a.m., but until then, we still got, what, 90 minutes? We are rolling along towards Super Bowl Sunday, just about 30 minutes from now, and it'll be officially Super Bowl Sunday. And I know we talked about the Giants and, and their direction based upon this year's NFL Honors Awards, but, okay, I know the Jets and the Giants might not be playing in the Super Bowl this year, but the message out of Arizona, it, it's loud and clear. The direction of both of our teams here in New York is as bright as the desert sun. For for the Jets, let me ask you, which is more impressive? Sauce Gardner winning Defensive Rookie of the Year or Garrett Wilson winning Offensive Rookie of the Year? I mean, let me tell you. Sauce Gardner is, is my favorite Jet. I mean, no questions asked. Like current Jet, no questions asked. I bought his authentic jersey not too long ago, and I even gave up my whole policy of I'm never buying another Jets jersey ever again, Jets jersey slash T-shirt ever again, to buy his. He had 46 first-place votes for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Tariq Woolen, the runner-up, won. Absolutely impressive, right? To me, more impressive absolutely without question, is the fact that Garrett Wilson won Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's the first guy ever to win the award as a Jet, Offensive Rookie of the Year. He led all rookies in receiving yards and in receptions, and he was also just the 23rd rookie since 1970 to have over 1,000 receiving yards. And you know why that's more impressive to me than anything Sauce Gardner did? Because Garrett Wilson caught passes from four different starting quarterbacks this season. Four. And it's just 
Or maybe not four. I don't know if Strebler ever started, but he de- I was there when he played. So he caught passes from four different quarterbacks in NFL action this season alone. And it's not just that. It's just you know, the ability to, to develop a chemistry with each of them in, in such a short period of time. I mean, they all throw their, their passes differently. I mean, imagine Garrett Wilson with a steady quarterback. Imagine Garrett Wilson with, with a Super Bowl-winning quarterback teaching him what to do and how to do it. I mean, how about imagine Garrett Wilson with, with a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers? The guy would be all world. And, and, and again, not to diminish anything that Sauce Gardner did at all and whatsoever. It's just watching Wilson do this with no quarterback. Because, you know, the, the famous quote, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, well the Jets had four quarterbacks. They must have had negative none. Wilson doing that is more impressive to me than anything Sauce Gardner did. I'm sorry. And Gardner and Wilson are the they're, – they're only the third – how do I say this? They're only the third teammate pair to win both awards in the same year. In the history of the NFL, Gardner and Wilson, the third teammate pair to win Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. So that's a, that's a, a mark on Joe Douglas. Good for you. Too bad he couldn't pick the quarterback, but you know. And the last time, in case you're wondering, don't Google it, especially if you're driving. Don't drive off the road. Um, the other two times it happened were the 2017 Saints, uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Alvin Kamara, and I can't remember the other one. I have to get that, but I have to look that up again. But definitely Marshawn Lattimore and Alvin Kamara, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and there's one more. I'm trying to think. Ah. Uh, it's escaping me now. Anyway, 877-337-6666. The future is bright for both the Giants with a steady head coach and Brian Dayball and his six-pack of beer and nachos for the Super Bowl and the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, Gardner and Wilson for the Jets. Let's go to uh, Pat and Belrose. You're up next here on The Fan. Hi, how you doing tonight? Great, how are you? All right. Uh, if they don't get uh, Rodgers, I don't want Jimmy G. He's good, very good at best. People forget the 49ers couldn't even give him away. They didn't even give him a playbook. So for him to come in as somebody leading the Jets to the Super Bowl or the, into the playoffs, I, I, I don't see it. Now, I have a question for you. Wait them. a second. So wait a second. Before you do that, Garoppolo has one. He's got two, I believe, two Super Bowl rings, right? So, So if it's not Garoppolo, then who is it? Well, it's easy. It's easy to say what? it's not going to be Garoppolo, Danielle. You're wrong. But but what's your solution? Now my question would be with the new offensive. Well, coordinator, no, 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 Pat. No, no. Rogers. You can ask your question, but answer mine first. If it's not Garoppolo, who is it? I'm not sure. I, well, right. you just said that. Uh, you said that um, oh, Carr isn't good in cold weather. Weather. He would have been my second pick, mm-hmm. and that that would be my second. Right. I'm not saying Garoppolo is not. Uh, a very good, capable quarterback. I'm not. I'm just saying for him to come in. I mean, Joe Flacco has won Super Bowls, and like Gary Collins has won Super Bowls. Yeah, also. but Joe Flacco won them. I was in the middle school when he won them, the last Super Bowl. Joe Flacco. I was in high school when John Namath won. <laughs> right. So we're going to go around and around, but it's, it's easy to say you're wrong, but it, it's not so easy to come up with another solution there. But go ahead, ask your next question. What was it again? Offensive All right, line. The next something? thing is. With, with the offensive coordinator, they don't get uh, oh, yeah. Rodgers. But if he's in, if he's in love with, well, no pun intended, 
with uh, Green Bay's backup, should they go for him? And also, sudden uh, slinging Sam finally got somebody to teach him how to play quarterback. Uh-huh. I'm not saying to bring, I'm not saying to bring back Darnell, but he went five and two the last seven games with Carolina. Yeah. Well, I so, mean, I mean my whole thing was when they drafted Wilson, I was on court and I said what I thought the Jets should do was try to get Alex Smith to come out of retirement for one year. So, who? That was my thing. Alex Smith. When when they when they drafted Zach Wilson, they should have got him to stay, come in for a year, and they just teach Zach. Well, I agree with you. I think Zach Wilson has a lot of potential, but I'm just I think Arafolo is a good, capable quarterback. Correct. But he's not. I just don't see him leading. I, no, I'm not a genius. If I if I was a genius, I'd be running the team. <laughs> well, Pat, I appreciate the input there, but uh, hate to tell you, the answer is Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the answer to the test. Um, I don't know what more to say. What else? Who else is out there? You'd be happy with Andy Dalton. He's also going to be a free agent. I also looked at his numbers. You're going to be happy with Baker Mayfield. You're going to bring back Alex Smith on one leg. I mean, it was a great story and all, but like, no. I mean, it was a great story. Period. That's it. Comeback Player of the Year. The whole thing. I watched the documentary. The whole thing was disgusting. Watched it. Great appreciation for the guy, but. I think maybe you can use the Sam Darnold, uh, you know, finally someone taught him how to throw the ball, how to read a defense, all et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Now take that knowledge, that that, that theory, and, and apply it to Zach Wilson. Because if you get the right person in there to do that, I'm telling you, the, the kid has talent, okay? And you just got to – he needs a lot of molding. He didn't come from a, the best system, the most NFL-ready system. You just got to mold him. Two things. One, I think he said he wanted Alex Smith in before Zach Wilson started. So at least Wilson could have start could have sat behind. Well, I agree or, with that concept. I think I think he didn't say he wanted Alex Smith there before. He didn't want Alex Smith now. He wanted him there before. Well, I, think that's I agree what he with the saying. fact that yeah. Zach Wilson should have started, not started. Right? He should have sat. Yes. Yes. I think that's, that's it. That, that I think that was his point. The second point is the like the the, the other guy that it, that's been it's been quiet a lot recently is Lamar Jackson and what's going on with there. Yeah. With Lamar Jackson. That would be, you know, that's the home run guy. That's the guy you're going to give up two or three number ones for. But you have to do it because he's that, you know, electric of a player. That's the number. That's the uh, number one player. That's the that's the guy that Jets fans should. And it, all things being equal, he's he's a better fit than Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's the number one guy. All things being equal. I don't know if he's available who knows what's going on in Baltimore right now, but it's Lamar Jackson would be like the absolute like grand slam home run pick. Nah, I disagree. Yeah, I, I disagree. I, I mean, I, I looked at all the numbers. I, Jimmy Garoppolo, as long as he's on the field, has better numbers across nine different metrics than, than Lamar Jackson. I, I think I, I think it's Lamar. I just think the guy's an MVP. The guy can do incredible things, obviously with his legs. You can we can go and, and we, then but and then he's one hit away. And, right, but you can say that about it. any quarterback. To be fair, I mean, how many times has, has Garoppolo gotten hurt? So he and he's pretty injury prone as well. So I just think that I, I don't know what's happening there. Obviously, it's going to be easier for the Jets to to get Jimmy G than Lamar Jackson at, at this point, mainly because that's a trade. Because that's that's the right answer, though. I'm looking at it right now. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback rating, nice neat number, right? 
the past three seasons, so aggregate data I looked at over the past three seasons, Garoppolo, quarterback rating 99.2. Lamar Jackson, 92.5. Completion percentage for Garoppolo is, according to my math, 4% higher. Yards per pass attempt, higher. The only thing Lamar Jackson has better than Garoppolo is his rushing yards, of course. But that doesn't seem to translate in any more touchdowns per game. Or, or they throw the same interceptions per game. Lamar Jackson's got four games of playoff experience. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo's got two Super Bowls. That's no. I, listen, that's I, fair. I, I think it, if I it, I could also say that cheaper. there's right. Oh, the money is this, the money's a separate thing. I think injuries are a wash because I actually think Jimmy G's more injury prone than Lamar Jackson. But any quarterback is one hit away from being left on the shelf. So but, I actually, but you think say money money's, money's a, another thing. Money's a big thing. When you when you got to have this guy on your roster for a long term, and you got to pay Gardner and Wilson and AVT and, and Brees Hall, right? But I think at the, the same I don't, time, right? I think at goes? this point that I think they'd be focused on if they have if they have a chance to get Lamar Jackson, they're going to get him, and they're going to figure everything everything out later. That's that's just the way that's that, that's, the right move. that's that that's the way that's just the way it's going to be. Like Lamar Jackson is a culture franchise changing guy, and if Jimmy G was, he wouldn't have been on three different teams already in his career. Mm, and know. that's uh, that's all. That's uh, a better player. We that, can argue. I yeah. Mean, I'm, I'm, no, argue. no, that's that, that's fine. Because honestly, what, what what I think this is, and it's not wrong, is you take an you're an analytical numbers approach at it, mm-hmm. and I am way more of a, I'm losing my eyes and just like a gut check. But so then, it's like so numbers. Why, and, so, so then, why oh, Lamar Jackson? He just decided he wasn't going to play in the playoff game because he didn't want to hurt his his value, right? He, okay, yes, he, 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 he did. I mean, he, he quit on his freaking team. Yes, I mean, he did. who wants that guy on their team? He, because, I, would, I would want that in my life. Because he's an MVP room. and he's a, he's a top tier quarterback. I don't care who you are. Your team's in the playoffs. Who knows what could happen? You sit the game out. That's a that's a that wonderful. Me. That, that that's fair. Me. That's a that's a good argument against Lamar Jackson. I don't mind. I, I don't mind that argument. You're protecting yourself over the, the interest yes. of your team. Yes. And then you want to go play back for them again. Yes. If I were the Ravens, I would say, "See ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way out." Yes. That that's that that's Come a much on. that that argument for Lamar Jackson. I think is much more uh, captivating than the guy quit on his team, man. What do you? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong that he that he quit on this team. I, that he he didn't show. I don't know how injured he was because no one released it, and he yeah, he's, on, he's his own agent. Yeah. Why so not? I think that's a that's another thing. But if the Jets had a chance to get Lamar Jackson, I think it's a slam dunk. You get Lamar Jackson. I, I just I just I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I'd love Aaron Rodgers. But I think if you're weighing Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, I think like Lamar Jackson is a clear number one option. Rodgers is number one option. Rodgers is number one. Good. We disagree on that too. Just like our picks. Well, we'll, and we'll add that to the props tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should add that to the props. All right, let's go to Douglas in the Bronx. He's been hanging for a long time. Go ahead, Douglas. Yeah. Hey, Danielle. Yes. Uh, there are even Super Bowl props for Rihanna. Um, but the opening song and the closing song. Me and so my right friend now, at school, we were talking about it. She thinks diamonds, and I said, yeah. uh, oh, "What did I say?" I'm gonna find the text message. I found. I thought, "Where have you been?" is gonna be the first one. Uh, according to the odds makers, diamonds and "Don't Stop the Music" are tied for favorite. Oh, no. And to, and to close, "Don't Stop the Music" should not be in the middle or the end because you, you don't stop the music exactly. So you just keep yeah, on going. Yeah, you're I don't right. Know how start with that, yeah. and to end. To end the halftime, Umbrella, which... Oh, uh, I forgot I about Umbrella. Yeah, yeah. But 
I, it, it's available for wagering. If I'm a friend of the producer, I say, hey, could you have her yeah. start with this? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, or or, game or that, if you're right? friends with the guy who puts the powder in the Gatorade thing, ask him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Here's my score pick. All right. Yeah. Now, I'm a Giants fan, so uh, I loathe the Philadelphia Eagles. But my logic dictates that the Eagles have a deeper, better roster. So I pick Philadelphia 31, Kansas City 24. Mm-hmm. That's my pick. Um, as for uh, halftimes in Super Bowls past, Four stand out as my favorite. Uh, I, it's hard for me to choose my favorite because I, I, I love them all. Um, in 2002, U2, uh, especially because yeah. um, it was at the Superdome, the sheet came down and it had, as they were playing When the Streets Have No Name. I remember that. All the, all the names of the 9-11 victims. That was touching. That, that was, was amazing. I remember that. That was amazing. Prince from 2007. Yep, in the rain. Bruno, yeah, Bruno Mars. At, at MetLife. Life. Yep. With Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga in 2017. Those are my favorites. Yeah, all good ones. Um, I want to name you my least favorite in my lifetime. Oh, my God. Uh, you're too young for this. Okay. 1992 at the old Minneapolis Metrodome. Halftime was dedicated to the season of winter with performers rapping about Frosty the Snowman. So <laughs> halftimes have come a long way since then. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, yes. Okay, so this week is with the annual pre-Super Bowl press conference by Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner. Oh, yeah. And and I'm going to relay you the unintentionally funny stuff he said during this. Okay, only four items, but uh, you'll have have reactions to all of these. How many? Four, just four. Okay. Four, four, Four main bullet points, that's it. Okay. One. The refereeing in the NFL oh, has yeah. never been has never been better. Brutal, brutal take. <laughs> brutal take. Number two. Yeah. Number two. Quote. Uh, Goodell. Quote. Pleased to see progress. End quote. On diversity issues. And then somebody, uh, uh, as a side, somebody from NFL.com asked him, uh, uh, told him that there's not much, there's not a lot of diversity. At the website reporting on the NFL, which he responded, "Well, I'm not in charge of the hiring of at NFL.com." Okay, all right, that's number oh, two. Yeah, yeah. Number three, do not be surprised if future games are flexed to Thursday Those night football. football. I saw that too. Yep. Uh, and last but last and least, <laughs> on the subject of injuries, um, he had a uh, he had a wild theory about wild why concussions went up this year. Uh, I didn't see that one. uh, uh, Goodell said, quote, because we had a broader definition. If you have more evaluations, you're going to have more concussions. Yeah, that sounds like if you test more people for COVID, more people are going to have COVID kind of line of thought there. Thank you. Yes, (laughs) I I, I, I thank you for relaying that. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's the nature of health and medicine that each and every year, all conditions have better care, right? So, okay, so all, overall, maybe injuries are down, but yeah, exactly, right. Right, and, and, and well, Douglas, all you have to do, and thanks for the call, I are up against the break, thank okay. you very much, but uh, all you have to do is look at Tua Tungvaluwa and, and, and the fact that his career may in fact be over because of his concussion. So, hey, let's see what happens. Uh, you know, Roger Goodell doesn't always have, and thanks for the call there, Douglas, hate to cut you off there, but uh, uh, Paul was just in my ear, he's like, we got, we got to go, we got to get out. So, uh, 
Uh, we are 15 minutes away from Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk about rooting interests and all that. My name is Daniel McCartan coming up next here on The Fan. Get the discussion started. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. You see it on TV. In a magazine. Good Charlotte. Oh my God, this is middle school. Said moan inside the Rolling Stone, talking about what life can be. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. I told you I have an eclectic taste of music. I told you. I just threw up a poll on Twitter. Who are you rooting for? Where is your rooting interest in this game? Chiefs or Eagles? Right now, go ahead at Coach MCCARTA and get your vote in. Right now, the Chiefs are is a blowout. 68% of voters are rooting for the Chiefs. So go ahead. We'll see how that line moves. I, again, I don't like long-winded polls. I like I put it for 37 minutes, which is long for my liking. But uh, it'll conclude before I leave and get up, get up and out of here tonight. Okay, back to the phones. I, I know we've got a couple guys on hold waiting here. 877-337-6666. In the order that you called, Mark in California, you're up on the fan in New York. What's going on, Danielle? So I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about Chiefs, but I couldn't help but hear about the Jets, right? So I'm a massive football fan, mm-hmm. being a Giants fan, of course, but I also follow all aspects of sports. Okay. But you're you're wrong, sadly, in this. Um, Which part? Garoppolo is a massive drop-off from Carr, who no one's mentioned, or Aaron Rodgers. No, Pretty we, much for the Jets. We mentioned Carr. Two quarterbacks this season. It's Carr and Rodgers. Garoppolo is a massive drop-off from those. I know, massive. Mark. I, I, mean, I you know, just had a guy come in. Mark, I know you're out Brock there in Curry, California, but... Derek right. Carr has not won a game where the temperature at kickoff is at or below 37 degrees, which is not that cold. Right. But also, right, but, but. I mean, you're analytical, right? That's big. I mean, San Francisco was playing in a very, very analytical market catered to Garoppolo's stats. They, they run a lot of RPO. They do a lot of yards. What do you think the, the Jets can they do? They don't really have a number one. The Jets are the same way. This Jets not team is really. the exact same way. With Brees Hall? What? I mean... All they need is a quarterback that can pretty much... What about Jacoby Brissett? No one's even talking about him. Brissett? Guess what? I looked at his numbers, too. I colored him in red. I want no part of Jacoby Brissett. His numbers aren't even close but, to what the rest of the guys are. Why? I talked about him, too. But why? I just I mean, told you, you why. I mean, come in and Brock Purdy completely outplay Garoppolo. Would you want him as a Jets starting quarterback? If you had what? George Kittle on your team, and I, I went through it before here. I went through it before. I, you, can, you or me can play and, and, and succeed in that offense. I mean, listen, he had a 7.2-point passer rating boost over four backup quarterbacks. Stay away. So I'm saying. Is Carr's numbers outside of him having all the receivers? And outside I mean, the fact that he can't play of- in the cold, he's never put up 17 or more points in the quote-unquote cold weather, which is 37 degrees. I-, I know you have a different, you know, that's cold to you. That's not cold to us here in New York, New Jersey. Right. I, I mean, they gave, him, they gave him Devontae Adams, and I mean, his numbers, honestly— we're pretty good. I mean, obviously, Jared Goff. Nice really dome he's playing in there, too. Receiver. Right. Well, I mean, Goff threw for 4,500 yards. It's ridiculous. I mean, he had a completely turnaround season. But Rodgers, in my opinion, he's going silver and black. I mean, he's going. I mean, I understand LaFleur and everything. But listen, Devontae Adams is a guy. And Rodgers is going to go car to me. If you're liking Garoppolo, I mean, the guy won two Super Bowls. You mentioned that. But the dude never played in New England a lot. 
He really oh. didn't. So oh, I'm sorry. He had a guy named Tom Brady in front of him. I mean, I mean, who's going to usurp him? Correct. So I guess but, he learned from the know, best, right? Right. I mean, I just I don't see it. I and listen. Here's here's my pick. Here is his projected 7.2 passer rating boost to a team whose backups didn't have a good passer rating at all. You put that in there. Jeff had Joe Flacco and Mike White. Right, and those two combined for around a 75 passer rating. Let's just say that if his passer rating was seven points higher than 75, that puts him at 82, which means he's better than Carson Wentz. It's to me, his stats stats don't really tell it all. Like everyone's like, I want the guy to throw for touchdowns. I don't care about touchdowns. I look at yards after catch, which is yards after the catch, his points per game and passer rating was not very good, and especially considering. Remember when Mark Sanchez was there in 09 and 010, what were their strengths? Running the ball, having a good defense. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really force Mark Sanchez to do a lot. Same and why can't Jimmy Garoppolo be that guy? He's got a 99.2 quarterback rating over the past three years. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what this aggregate data of, you know, whatever number you threw out. That's like the war stat. I, I don't agree with war stats, wins over replacement. I mean, Who's the replacement? He's a master of manufacturing statistical production for his quarterback. He's a master at it. Who is that? I mean, this guy. This Who? guy did it in Atlanta. Who? And everyone, everyone harped on Matt Ryan. He had a terrible year in Indianapolis. Everyone thought he was going to be the savior over there with the Colts. Not me, Mark. Not me. You can, I can't speak for everyone, but but that's not me. Right. I, I didn't think he would do very good either. But it's just to me, I can't see not the love for Carr. It's like I mean, but he, the point I, is, he can't win in the uh, cold. I mean, what? Mark, you're going to win, you're going to lose every game that's at or under 37 degrees? He threw three picks in Pittsburgh at the end of the season. I can name, I know, I can name a lot of quarterbacks. I can name a lot of quarterbacks he can't really play in the cold. Remember, I mean, you want to throw out Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't play in the cold at all. Was Michigan cold? Tom Brady didn't play in the cold. He played in New England. It's colder there than it is here. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right, right. But you got to give the guy a chance. I mean, Oakland had, to me, it's the most saddest thing for a quarterback to see over the years. To put a guy, like, for example, with Rodgers, right? Everyone's talking about, oh, my God, Rodgers is wrong. They never gave Rodgers really any weapons. They gave Carr a lot of weapons. And the Jets have them. Yeah. And they just have them. Mark, Mark. I I mean, I I, I could see it, but Garoppolo to me is like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a massive step above. I mean, plus, I mean... You know, he's throwing 80-yard screens to Debo Samuel. He takes the 80 yards. I mean, listen, I mean. That's great. The Jets, no, no, but, but, Mark, but look at the Wilson, Jets' offense. But... The Jets can do the same thing there, Mark. And go ahead and start building the dome for MetLife Stadium, and then I would be happy with Derek Carr. Durable guy, likable guy, will not be able to handle this media, according to two of my sources, my media people out there in Vegas, very reputable guys, both of them, says he will not handle the media in New York very well at all. And, and the fact that he can't win in the cold, that's a huge thing. Why do we keep overlooking that? That's the door squeaking. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, 877-337-6666. Take a quick break, and then there's a Kevin Dexter update. Coming your way on the fan. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Danielle McCartan with you for another hour. It's been a basketball-heavy show, which is great. 
Of course, Kyrie Irving requests a trade out of Brooklyn, thinking that the grass is greener somewhere else. That's great. Goodbye. Now it's just a matter of uh, the Nets and, and the kind of package that they can get back for him. As we say goodbye to Paul Rosenberg, we say hello to Sus, Susumu Araki. He'll be taking your calls for the rest of the morning throughout my show and, and the show of Pete Hoffman as well. But, uh, man, Kyrie Irving, it, it, it long has been the day where you're like, oh, when is this guy finally going to request a trade out of here? Today's the day. It's now. Get the best package back for him. The Clippers are now into the to the, to the whole uh, the whole lottery, I guess you would call it. And that's not the right word. I know that, but um, it's the Lakers, it's the Clippers, it's the Mavericks, it's the Suns. I had on Alex Schiffer earlier this morning, earlier this morning, earlier uh, I guess earlier in the show, and I asked him kind of like, all right, which, which team can give up the best package? And out of out of the four, Alex Schiffer covers the team for the Athletic. And out of the four, he found what he and this is a quote here. He said he finds the Suns intriguing because uh, CP would be a steady pre- presence at point guard, and, and Crowder is a winner and all that. Okay, um, he said he doesn't know who the Clippers have that make a ton of sense in terms of a package. This is Alex Schiffer, and he said uh, the Mavs have many people from the Nets internally. Um, and I thought that might have been a good thing, but then he continued on to say that those in the front office might do their homework and, and talk them out of it. And then he said, he actually said the Lakers, he can't see happening from an asset perspective. Westbrook and Simmons are the same player, not much afterwards talent-wise. So, you know, it's known and that Kyrie Irving is probably going to be on his way out. Um he wasn't there tonight. I mean, he was hurt, the calf injury, okay? It was an excused absence, said the coach. Fine. Um, yeah, I mean, the feeling is that they're going to move him. And I guess that's the right move because you know why? If the Nets were like, no, you're staying. We, you know, we have a chance to make a run at this with you and Kevin Durant and anybody else that they try to bring in or, or whatever. But 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 the, with the two of you as a foundation, we've got a chance to make a run with you guys. And if they said, no, we're not trading you, we'll let you walk in free agency, but we're not trading you because you, you might be able to bring one home for us this season. Maybe, maybe. There is no guarantee that Kyrie Irving and his calf injury, his this, his that, won't keep him out for the rest of the season just to prove a point. Next thing he posts on social media, won't get him suspended. You know, it's just, it's just what if. If you had, you know, the vote of confidence in him that he was going to be there playing for playing his heart out for whatever team, whatever jersey he's wearing post-trade deadline Thursday, 3.01 p.m., then I'd keep him. But since you don't know that, you're not sure where he's at, where his allegiances lie. I mean, he only plays for himself. He's a me player, typical narcissistic me player. Then that's why you got to dump him. And you just got to dump him, unfortunately, for the best package available. And you try to make a run that way. But it, to, to, to do it the same way as you approach the Kevin Durant thing, 
you know, how the Nets did over the summer, Kevin Durant, he demanded a trade. And they were like, we'll see what we can get back for you. And if we don't like any of the packages, you're staying put. Okay. They can't do it like that. Because Kevin Durant has three years on his contract, I think, after this year. Kyrie Irving's a free agent. There is the difference. That's the difference. So 877-337-6666 is the number. My name is Daniel McCartan. If you can't get through, you can't whatever, and maybe you can't call, tweet me, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, of course. And you know Instagram, too. I'm on there, too. And, and Facebook, all under Coach McCartan. But it's, it's just hard to check that while doing a live show. Twitter is much easier. And I'm just checking something else as as I sit here. I'm going to hit refresh one more time. Yep, no, no movement. So so I got a little bit of a problem now, like a real one. I, I've been on an absolute quest. Quest, I think, is the right word. A quest to find a Brandon Nemo authentic jersey. And the Mets, when first my first place to check was the Mets official website. The authentic jerseys they have are Verlander and Lindor in, in terms of current players. So you got a choice of Verlander or Lindor. Well, I don't want either of them. So that option was out. And then I thought of you know, the Mets have an official like brick-and-mortar store at City Field that's open pretty much year-round. So I wasn't going to go all the way there, like literally all the way there, pay the tolls and ever, you know, and to find out that they didn't have it. So what I did was, you can email them. So after a few days, they emailed me back, and they said that they had a few Nemo authentic jerseys in stock. So you know, I, I they said call. Here's the phone number. I said, okay, I excitedly I called them the next day. Excited, you know. I'm like, all right, you know, voicemail. Okay, I got a message back. I was teaching at school. Could, obviously, couldn't answer the phone. And in the voicemail, it says that they only. Now this is a few days later. They only have. Replicas. There are no authentics in stock, just replicas. And the tone that I gathered was that they, they were not expecting the authentics in anytime soon. So, you know, I went on a different website that I had gotten a gift card for at Christmas uh, from mom and dad. And so I, I ordered a custom jersey. Okay. It, it costs more, it costs $394.99. That was before the gift card. And, you know, I ordered it on January 31st. So that's a that's a while ago, right? So I click refresh again. And it still says processing. Now, if it's a custom jersey, if I put McCartan on the back of it, would it still be processing? Like like I don't like I don't understand. Cuz this happened to me with my the Sauce Gardner jersey I bought. The same exact thing happened. And it was kind of like I was ready to call the credit card company and they of course they charge you right away. The money's out. It took like three weeks for the Sauce Gardner custom jersey to go. You mean to tell me that there's no? I mean, he's a premier player on that team. They don't. They don't have those in stock. They're just going to upcharge me for a custom jersey, and then not. Now it says estimated arrival February twenty fourth. That is a whole month. It's just unacceptable to me. That's unacceptable. You're paying so much for something. You know, okay, I know it's a first world problem. I get it, all that. I get it. But but come on, a whole entire month? And and they only carry two guys in stock so that yet you're cut, you're forced 
to buy the 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 um the the custom jersey, and then they don't ship it out for a month, but yet they take the money out for a whole entire month, four hundred dollars gone. I just I don't know, man. It just rubs me the wrong way. But uh, yeah, I've got I've refreshed all my jerseys. I think on all the teams so far. I got a, I got a new brand new judge. That's a whole nother story. We talked about that. Nimmo should be on its way. Got myself a Strahan, a Gardner, a Danico, the Lundquist one last year. I, I think I'm good. I mean, I'm thinking maybe maybe a white Rick DiPietro one. I was, I'm eyeing up a white uh, Messier one, too. Jerseys are my thing, though. I love them. Always have. i got to just, you know, recharge the bank account first. <laughs> there's, always, there's always a downfall. But yeah, I mean, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm just being too too much here. But it's just it bothers me. If it's custom, it should be done and should be shipped. That's it. 877-337-6666. John in my neck of the woods, Bergen County. John, I got to ask, what town? What town? Come on. Teaneck. Teaneck. Okay, I'm from Dumont, right down the road. Beautiful. How's it going? Oh, it's going well, good. I totally agree that, you know, if the net, if, if Kyrie stays, they have a chance to win a title this year. Yes. But I don't, but I don't think that by, by keeping them, he has an option of sitting out as his free agent. We saw this past off season. No one wanted him because of his antics. Yeah. And now if he sits out the rest of the season, he's killing his value. Everyone's going to say, how can we sign him long-term? He might pull this stick if something comes up. Yeah. I, I His did, whole value right now yeah. is that he's playing ball and nothing else. Right. I thought so of that too. Him, yep. Right. I know. I, I did but, think about that as well. Like he he would he he should be motivated right to, to play out the rest of the season. What, that, right. Exactly you would think. What's wrong with the guy? Right. Yeah. You, I mean, you play can't you out. can't rationalize crazy, John. I, I actually think that if they keep him, they. I, I think people are willing, and uh, you know, sometimes you hear this on NBA radio with uh, Galbrengi and Isola, that people will be willing to sign the guy for one year, six, fifty or sixty million. He doesn't. But they don't do want that. him for. They, no, I'm saying they don't want him for three for three years right. eight, or that type of thing. Right. So I think that's the type of offer that he's probably going to get on the market anyway. I think if the Nets keep him, they have a chance to sign him for the one or two year deal going forward. Again, I don't think he's going to get the five year deal from anyone. They might maybe get three years. But everyone knows he's, he, on a flip he's a flick. He might sit out. Right? He's doing it right now. He's like, yeah. people want him, but if he sits out, he's that flake that no one wanted this past year. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, right, I get but it. But then, but then, John, here's the thing. Like, all right. So, so uh, that, I did think about that. Yes, I did. And then I'm like, all right, well, they're obviously, he's not playing because just in case they do trade him, they don't want him to get hurt. You think he's going to be, he's going to be like the rest of them, protecting himself. He's gonna have oh my toenail hurts or oh my 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 nose hair hurts. I got to sit out. Like he's oh, he's played in fifty. I'm rounding in now, but he's only played in fifty percent of the games as it is for this team. So right. it's gonna be much of the same. Just right, but in, saying, in an interest there, there of him teams, to protect himself and his own value moving forward. So there are teams that want him, like the Lakers, but because they need to fill that salary spot. Yeah, they don't trade for a guy. They they can't sign a guy. Their salary cap killed. They got nothing. Yeah. Right. When Westbrook's done, they can't. Their 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 budget, their roster, their salaries are so maxed out that they can't sign anyone anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for them, it's like we might as well go on, go on, go on for for Irving. Right. I can't imagine Mavericks messing things up with Kyrie or that those things going through those teams. Right. What the Clippers are going to sign another guy to sit on the bench all year? 
Yeah. No, I I know. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Suns are intriguing. The Suns are an intriguing kind of. They got a lot of young guys. It's the truth. Yeah. That, I think that's going to be the move if they end up doing it. If they do, then I, I can't. I, I think the best move for him and everyone is really just to stay on the Nets. Even the Suns, is, you know, I think I think he's too much. He's too toxic. I'll be honest. I, I don't know if I'd want him, but I think he's great. He's doing well in the Nets this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's had a great stretch. It's been twenty games. Yeah. He's like on fire, you know. Especially in the absence of Durant, he really stepped it up. Yeah. And we're talking on the Nets on here. We're like, you know what? You know, maybe maybe he's maybe he's matured over the past I don't know month. You know, it's like I don't know. How I, I don't know. You appear Durant. What's that? <laughs> How pissed are you if you're Durant? Uh, you know what, though? You know what? He knew what he was getting himself into. Like, it's not the first time Kyrie Irving has done something like this. I don't feel bad for Kevin Durant at all. I really don't. And we say he knew what he was getting into. I don't. I think if he can, if he knew what he was getting into, I don't think he would have done it. Oh, my God. What do you mean? The Boston was still burning when they linked up, when they texted each other. Boston oh, was still on was fire. His buddy. It was his buddy. Oh. Like, he's not going to do it to me. And like, yeah. it's like when you get in business with your friend who's 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 out of control. Yeah, he's still out of control, even though he's your friend. Yep. Well, yeah. then you know what though? Yeah. Then, then this is tarnishing the legacy of Kevin Durant moving forward. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Anyway, have a great night. Yeah. Thanks, John. Appreciate the call. Yeah. I mean, if you're Kevin Durant, first of all, you knew what you were getting yourself into. Don't. You can't tell me that you didn't know, right? Yeah. Maybe you thought, oh, he's my friend. He won't do it to me. Those narcissists don't care. Who you are, what your relationship is. They don't they just do it. And Boston was still burning when they when they linked up and, and, and Cleveland and all these towns and cities. It's like he's torching them. He's leaving them like what's that Sherman, right? In Atlanta, right? In history, like American history, like Sherman set fire to Atlanta, whatever, right? I'm going all the way back to like AP history in, in class, but I think that's right. Last name is Sherman. But anyway, that's that's Kyrie Irving. He's leaving every one of these cities that he's played in in, in shambles, burning. Down to the ground. And you're, you're Kevin Durant, and you're like, oh, this is a good idea. Let me link up with him. Smartest guy in this whole equation, James Harden. He got himself out of it. Mike in West Long Branch, you're up on a fan. Hey, how's it going? Good, Big how fan are you? Of the show. Thank good. you. Thank you. I agree with everything you said on Kyrie. You know, it's a big example for younger players coming in. It's not all about the talent. You have to be someone that people want to play with. Yeah. And that's really a big part about it. You know, he's putting up ridiculous numbers. Everyone knows he's the be- one of the best guards in the league. Sure. But at the end of the day, if you're not someone that people want to be around, then what worth are you? That's, that's a great point. That's a great point. But but then you've got LeBron James re- trying to recruit him to, to, to L.A. publicly, on Twitter, on, in press conferences. So, I mean, there is at least one person that wants to play with him. Right, so I think people are quick to forget. You know, you, you everyone tries to measure out the good with the bad. They know they're going to get a lot of baggage with Kyrie, but at the end of the day, is it worth it? He's a superstar. Yep. So people weigh their odds, but in my opinion, he's not worth it because you can't run a good locker room with a guy who nothing's good enough for him. I think we all forgot about the videos that came out when he was at a birthday party during COVID. Of course, with no mask, yeah. indoors, the whole with, thing. I didn't forget. That was in my open. I didn't forget about that. Right, and look how quick the talent covers that all up. So it's a big lesson for everyone coming into the league and players currently. At the end of the day, you have to be there for your team. And team is everything in sports. So 
I, th- I like every point you made. I'm a big fan of the show, and I thank you for taking the time. Yeah, Mike, thanks for taking the time to pick up the call. Uh, pick up the phone and call. Yeah, there is no I in team, right? But there's a me. I get it. That's 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 what, like, you know when you say there's no I in team, and then somebody always says, well, there's me. That's Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is that guy or that kid in school who says, well, there's a me. That Those are the guy, Those are the ones you have to watch out for. Those are the ones. The last time a single player won an NBA championship, oh, let me think, yet yeah, never, never. So it's it's amazing to me that, that there would be a team out there willing to, like you said, put all the drama aside for the three cities that he's been in so far and use him to try to get to a championship. Now, if, if the Nets aren't blown away by anything, and, and if the guy wasn't so, so flighty, so flaky, I'm keeping him on that team, and I'm saying, no, I'm not I'm not moving you. You're going to help us win a championship. And then you can go threaten free agency. Go for it. Go Do better. Go find better. And then let me know what you find, because you're not going to get any better than what we're offering you. I mean, but since he is so flaky, you don't know if the guy's going to sit out every single game from now, from, from, th- from Thursday. Well, I guess including tonight and moving forward, but I guess from the trade deadline Thursday – through the end of the season. He might. And you can't risk not getting nothing for him. That's the problem. And even if you ask him, I, I, I wouldn't trust him at his word. You know, do you plan on playing the rest of the season? He says, yeah, okay. And then it's post a new link of whatever on Twitter. Go to some birthday party when you're not allowed to be, you know, whatever. The NBA did an investigation into that the whole scenario. So it's it's just one thing after another. And when he's playing basketball, when it's all harmonious, it's great. But unfortunately, 50% of the time, it hasn't been that. I'd love to transition to some baseball if we could. Um, and we'll continue with the Kyrie Irving calls as well. But I, I was kind of wondering, and maybe I'll put the uh, up, up. We got a tweet here. It's General William... Texas Sherman. Yeah, there it is. I got it. General Sherman. March through Georgia. Yes. Thanks, Mr. Markert. <laughs> I got that. Yes. Thank you for confirming that. Nellie Stundle on Twitter at Coach MCCARTAN. I'm going to put a poll up uh, on Twitter. And I want to ask you, because the Mets pitchers and catchers report in 10 days. And, I, you know, it's it's a balmy 25 degrees going up to 46. It's basically some summer weather around here now. With DeGrom gone, who starts opening day for the New York Mets? Is it Max Scherzer or is it Justin Verlander? And for me, it's got to be Scherzer. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call in. And if you can't call in for whatever reason, I'll get a poll right now going over on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N and get your vote in there. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till one here on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The ball game is over and Shea Stadium will close its doors for the final time this afternoon. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan with you till one here on 
on WFAN Radio New York City. Uh, Pete Hoffman comes your way then, and, and I'm sure he'll explain to you a little bit later. But on that break, <laughs> uh, he brought his fire stick. He plans to watch the UFC fights, and there's an extension cord here in the studio, a brown one that goes from the wall into like this little apparatus where you have your, you know, your laptop charged, your charging, your phone charging if you'd like. And I don't know, you know, it, it was perfectly just long enough that the extension cord met the cord from the fire stick, and it's like, don't breathe, don't move, or else it's going to fall out. But uh, Pete left here just a little while ago, very happy. I'm sure uh, he's going to have a, you know, a happy show because he got, he can watch his fights while while he does it. So that that's that was that we couldn't have measured that any better. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It is. It's how I did my Christmas lights, actually, outside. There was, I had the deer. I had, a, I had a, a, a male deer with the antlers and everything, and it was like probably could have used a longer extension cord, but I didn't have one, and I just made it work, and it ended up breaking. But well, whatever. I'll just buy another. It, it's all right. But it worked while it, while it did its purpose, in other words. Um, but – let me go ahead and check over on Twitter with the results. If you at Coach MCCARTN, I love like the instant. I don't put polls up for 24 hours. I think that's like ridiculous. Like 24 hours now from now, like I don't even, you know what I mean? What what was I doing 24 hours ago? I don't know. So I've got, uh, let's see. My question was, with DeGrom gone, who starts opening day for the New York Mets? And I put like 20 minutes on it, which I think it's a perfect time. It's like a perfect segment time. And um, obviously two choices. I mean, the Mets are in a luxury where they have one A and one B, and they could pick either of the two of them. So is it Verlander that's going to be starting for the Mets on opening day? Uh, and I should probably specify home opener. Uh, is it Verlander or is it Scherzer? As it stands right now with 12 minutes left. Six, I'm going to round these. 67% of the voters vote Scherzer. And, and that's where I'm at, too. The, you know, obviously the Mets are reporting to, the pitchers and catchers at least, reporting the Port St. Lucie in, well, now I guess it's technically nine days, right? Um, the temperatures are on here on the uptick. They're up to 26 degrees, going up to 46. I mean, it's, it's, it's balmy out there, really. And... Down in Florida, even more, even more so, right? But but Mets fans, they're they're finally going to get a glimpse of Verlander in a full Mets uniform in the flesh. And again, they again they've got a great problem to have. Which ace are the Mets going to throw on opening day? You got two options: option A, the incumbent Max Scherzer, who was just last year's shiny new toy, or Option B, is it Justin Verlander, who was, you know, for this past season, a unanimous selection for the Cy Young Award winner, and this year's shiny new toy? Great problem to have for the New York Mets. Yankees don't really have that problem, in my opinion. We could talk more about, I'll be back tomorrow from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., I wanted to kind of forego a lot of this Kyrie Irving stuff unless there's another breaking news, unless he gets traded, whatever. But I kind of wanted to talk some baseball, pitching in particular. But right now, who are you starting on, on, on the home opener? Opening day, you know, it doesn't have the same zing as, like, home opener. You know, 
there's a list of of three guys talking about history, you know, and um and and Sus, uh, we talked on the break. He said, I think the phrase you were looking for was going scorched earth. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yes, for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I was thinking like you're stre- you were stretching a little bit because I knew you were thinking of something that involved <laughs> just like annihilation. Yes, destruction, um, leaving nothing nothing behind, and I was just. I think you're definitely thinking Scorched Earth, yep, but you, I think you were also thinking of some other, another reference in American history that... Sherman, General Sherman, I got it. I was thinking more just the general strategy of Scorched Earth. Yes, I, that's that's exactly what I was also thinking. Yep. You, you, see see what happens? You've got the telepathy going. But you know the list of guys that, that have won three Cy Young Awards, it's short. In the history of the game of baseball, 11. 11 guys have won three Cy Young Awards. Seven of them are in the Hall of Fame already. Johnson, Carlton, Maddox, Koufax, Martinez, Palmer, Sevier. Two of the 11 are still active. Well, I guess two of the remaining, what, four are still active or whatever. Two two of the 11 are on the Mets roster now. Like, does Buck Showalter just take a dart and he has a picture of uh, – Verlander on the wall, and he's got a picture of Scherzer on the wall. Does he just close his eyes and take the dart, and and whichever one it lands on, that's who gets the nod? I mean, either way, it's going to land on a guy with how many Cy Youngs on his name? I mean, come on. The Mets can't go wrong either way. But for me, I'm picking the guy who's been there at least for a little while longer. I'm picking the incumbent, Max Scherzer. And I've got more votes on Twitter now, and it's still coming out Scherzer. It's actually gone up a tick. 66% of voters are picking Scherzer. At uh, Gus Maker 1 says, can't go wrong either way. Exactly. And remember, the Mets play its seven road games before their home opener on Thursday, April 6th. Imagine if the home opener lines up to be like David Peterson. Womp, womp. Womp womp. 877-337-6666. Jack in Brooklyn. You're up here in Manhattan on the fan. Jack. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Danielle, I got to tell you, I love the show. Thank you. You know, I think you should get a job, a full-time job on the fan. Thank you. I don't know why you're still, you know, only once in a while. But let me tell you, they got to get, they got to get a... They got to get uh, Randall's ass off the team before before he starts sucking it up because you know this is when his value is at the highest, and it's only going to go down from here. You know Brunson had a real good game today, it's a great signing, but I think you know you got to get Randall off the team before he starts sucking it up. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, you know, and, and Randall's a curious case of Julius Randall, right? It's like, all right, if he's good, I mean, the team is usually good when he's good. It, it, the team kind of goes as he goes. So okay, so if you're if He's playing well. You're more apt to keep him, right? Or is it this barrage of like he's playing well for now, and then he's going to crumble again, and then and then and then you're you've lost out on a chance to trade him at his highest value. I mean, the the, the Knicks have been through this before. They held on to him. So listen, I don't know yeah, when he when he's at his when when the game is big, when the moment is big, you can count on him to miss that big shot. Yeah, and, and we got to get that that fat ass off the team. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, I let it go once. I, I think the word ass is okay, but uh, in, in context, 
I'm not sure it's it's you know what he just said was was allowable. So let's just be safe. We're rule followers here. We'll just dump that. But uh, point well taken, of course. Definitely. Um, but it's the it's like the curious case of Julius Randle. You know, he, he's 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 playing well, playing really well. Or do you, do you t- try to trade him at, at his peak value here and get some stuff back for him? I don't know. It does feel like he he and RJ are very volatile. Like on a night to night basis, like yes. they'll they'll look like like Randall will look like a superstar. Yeah, and then in other nights he just makes a very boneheaded play. And then like RJ, it's like I don't know what they're doing with RJ. Do you know what they're doing with RJ Barrett? I, I wish. I, I, I honestly, I have no clue what they they think of him because I I feel like they could do so much if they maximize everything that RJ's great at. They would be in a much better much better shape. But I don't know if that if the Knicks know what to do with him. Do you what? How do you feel about RJ? Which is also confusing too because. He was bent. He was just benched, right? The past week he was benched, but they they weren't going to include him in a trade package that brought Donovan Mitchell in. How many months ago? Which, for the record, I, I still stand by the fact that, like, for them, I think it was a smart smarter move. Like, why? What everyone says that oh, we could have gotten Donovan Mitchell. It's like, really? Do you really expect him to have what what's going on with him now in Cleveland? Like. Look at the situation in Cleveland and look at the situation in New York. Yeah. Look who's surrounded surrounding him. He has two amazing bigs in Mobley and Allen who basically protect him. Yeah. Right? He has an excellent like partner in Darius Garland in his in the backcourt. And the Cavs are vibing right now. And do you think that this gonna it, look, there's definitely a possibility that he could succeed in New York, but I just think he had a much better much better rate of success going to Cleveland and, and doing what he's doing right now. I'm just saying like, well, the question was, what kind of value did they? How do they see Barrett? Well, well they weren't going to include him in a deal for for that for for to, you know what I mean. So he was worth a lot then. Now they're benching him. I mean, I, I don't know if they have a plan. It's just it's a whole identity crisis kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like they just don't know what to do with him. Yep. I, and I feel awful for for him because like I I love him. I I hope to God that like he's able to prove reach his potential and and be up there with. With guys like John Zion, part of his draft class, and just one more thing, like the most steady presence. It's actually amazing to me the most steady presence on the Knicks right now, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, we yeah that, that stat line I heard in that update at the top of the hour. I was yeah. like, yep. again, yep. Who would have thought the Mavs are missing him? Right, and it's just the entire inconsistency of, of with these players, like this RJ Barrett, and they're just inconsistent. And R.J. Barrett talks about Julius Randle being named an all-star. He said, I didn't know they announced it, but it was cool. <laughs> okay. You know, February 2nd, he's putting up 30 points against the Heat. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just I, I, I'm just trying to figure out, I'm just trying to figure it out. And, and I just can't. So it's just, I don't know. And, and. I saw a quote, I don't even want to say because I don't know if it was true. It wasn't reported by a, 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 a reliable source, so I won't say it here on the air. But here's this, you know, here's a quote. We're talking about R.J. Barrett being benched versus the Lakers. Just 
you know, to close out the game on Tuesday night. Tom Thibodeau says, quote, we know he's a critical part of our team. We need him to play well, but we're always going to put the team first. We thought the group that was out there gave us the best shot. Okay. And then you should see the uh, the, the responses on, 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 on that post. It's like fire Tibbs, fire Tibbs, fire Tibbs. Hold Randall to the same standard then. I mean, it's it's just the inconsistencies is, is kind of crazy. It's kind of nuts. You know? So Brunson, though, has been, as you said, has been an absolute, I, I want to say the word stud. Brunson's been the stud for the Knicks moving forward. And, and right on cue, trending on Twitter, Clippers at Knicks. R.J. Barrett, Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> pick your poison here, everybody. Let's click on R.J. Barrett and see what's up. What are the people talking about? Latest tweets, R.J. Barrett. That's oh, a bunch of junk. I don't know why it's, he's even trending now. <laughs> Cards and everything. So um, we'll recap the night. We'll talk uh, Kyrie Irving if you like. Um, fine. I'm good with that. We'll talk Knicks, Nets, whatever. Um and the, the the results of the poll that I post up on Twitter, we still got uh, some time left. You got a minute left to get your vote in. Who should be the starter for the Mets on opening day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and we also talked about Derek Carr, the precision passer, and how that was personal. It felt personal uh, on, on the performance he put up on the skills competition. And uh, within, I don't know, 12 hours from now, we got the, the, the flag football skills showdown. The Pro Bowl games, and uh, I've got a very special guest reveal for tomorrow's show. So, lots to do in the last segment here. 877-337-6666. That's the number to get aboard. It's your last chance. My name is Daniel McCartan. With you till 1 here on The Fan. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. WFAN, my name is Danielle McCartan with you for another little bit, a little 15 minutes or so, where uh, Pete Hoffman will come your way, coming uh, starting at 1 a.m. And the poll has officially closed just now, literally just now. With DeGrom gone, who starts opening day for the New York Mets? The winner is... Yeah, 64% of people are uh, picking Scherzer. Yeah, that's the right move. You go with the incumbent over over the new guy, the shiny new toy. But it's a good spot to be in if you're the Mets. Come on. It's like 1A, 1B. The Yankees don't have that. The Yankees have Garrett Cole. And I'm not too optimistic for Rodon, but hey, prove me wrong, right? And uh, a lot of talk tonight about Kyrie Irving. And you know what? I mean... I, there are a couple of uh, songs in the open. I, I, I quoted Eminem, Without Me, you know, because it's like it feels so empty without me. We need a little controversy. It's just always something with him, right? And and as long as he's being discussed, it seems like he's happy. And Eminem said that in the same song. Everybody only wants to discuss me, so this must mean I'm disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. It is. It's disgusting how this player in his own minds love being discussed at any cost. And believes that he has earned, this is the crazy part, he's believed he has earned a multi-year max extension. Like, 
you've played in 50% of the games for the Brooklyn Nets in your time here. Like, there's always an excuse as to why you can't see the floor. You really think any team is going to offer you that? You're a flight risk. You're flighty. You're a flake. And and you really think the grass is going to be greener somewhere else? Come on, man. Jackson, New Jersey. Steve, you're up on the fan in New York. Yeah, what's up, Danielle? I oh, love your show. Thank you. I'm 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 kind of I'm a big Brooklyn Nets fan. Been been a fan of them for years. I'm kind of fed up with Kyrie Irving. Like, listen, I like the way he plays, but like. When it comes to, like, yes, he, he becomes way too narcissistic on the f- floor. He starts shooting too much. Yep. I feel like we got to tell, if I was the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, I would tell, like, listen, Kyrie, we got to, you have other players on the court. You have Utah Watanabe, you have O'Neal and Claxton. We got to start making it more of like a spread around game. And he's just feeling like, oh, man, I'm the whole team. But now I got to just, now that we're not doing good, I just got to go to another team. We got to move on. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, well, it's a big problem. And, and and the problem is, not only does he just go to another team and then leave peacefully, I mean, he, as Sus said, he goes scorched earth on every city that he leaves. It, it's it's like maddening. It burns yeah, it to the ground. Big, yeah, no, it's a, big, it's a big problem. But I feel, no, meaning me as a Brooklyn Nets, like when I'm watching him, I don't like him. But when I see him score, okay, I enjoy the game because yeah. he's scoring and he's winning the team, winning one of the games. Mm-hmm. But... I feel like we got to just work the way. It's not, it's not really right for, 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 for the Brooklyn Nets fans. We got to try to get him to stay on the team and just be more of a all around player for them. Like, even when you watch the games with him, he looks like he's just like, he's just blind for the other players and he's just shooting those shots like, like there's no tomorrow. You know what the problem is with that, Steve? And, and I'm with you. Like, I am like, no, you're not going to force your way out of here. You're just not. But the problem with that is. Okay, so you force him to stay on the team. What's the guarantee that he's gonna he's gonna stay out there? There's no guarantee he's gonna stay there. That that's definitely true, Daniel. But but like looking at it from a from a year to year, we gotta just keep. I feel like for now the Nets need him on the team, but we gotta more like I don't know what the word is, but we gotta more like keep him keep him calm on the team for for the season, and we we keep him more of a game plan to spread around around the court passing to other players, doing good plays. And then maybe after that he'll like it. Listen, maybe he's just he's just trying to he's just trying to look for himself like he's trying to find himself. And if the Brooklyn Nets coach could find him could find Kyrie and say, Oh, listen, Kyrie, this is where you are, maybe he'll enjoy it and he'll stay on the team. That'll be like a good all around player. Yeah, you would think. You would think you'd buy in. But the guy hasn't bought in, in how many years he's been here. He has not bought into a single thing this 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 team has has put out for him. Really? Yeah yeah. Listen, but we 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 got we got to keep the guys on the, the guy. This Kyrie guy, he's on the team. We know he's not. He's never going to change. But but listen, at the end of the day, he plays good basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to just look at the basketball version of it, and not of all the other things that he does, and well, just keep well, him they, around and, to the basketball part, and just get him as a good player. But Steve, the problem is when they start to intersect. You know, the the personal stuff intersects with the basketball, and then he's not on the court. That's the problem. Danielle, I I hear what you're saying, but like, we get we, I don't I don't I, I don't know. The, the best bet, Steve, and thanks for the call there. The best bet, cut bait, let him go. That's the best bet. You, you get let him go to as long as you're not being robbed, right? You, you cut bait, you let him go to the best possible offer that you get, no matter who it's from. Who cares? 
of course, you prefer him in, in out of the Eastern Conference, of course. But at this point, really? Oh, I got to give uh, I got to give the clues for my guest for tomorrow. Uh, should we do it now? All right, let's do it. I've got it because I want Sparky to guess it because I think he's going to get it. I've got a great guest lined up for tomorrow. I'm on from 6 to 10. I, someone just tweeted me and said I'm, the, the website says 6 to 7. No, no, it's a four-hour show tomorrow. So the clues I gave on Twitter were, I, I do a, like emoji clues. So my first one was two rings. I gave that clue. The next one was a football, just to get you to guess you know, what sport. Sus, you want to guess? Do you know it? Do you know the answer? No, I didn't tell you. I don't think. I think I have a good feeling on who the which what which team this person was on, though. I will say that. All right. So I gave a together blue hashtag, which is the Giants, and I gave an Italian flag and an America USA flag. Okay, now I'm completely lost. <laughs> so I said to the people on Twitter, "Happy guessing." That's that's my guess for tomorrow. I've got a couple right answers, a lot of wrong ones. You want to make a? You want to put a guess in, or else I'm going to go to Sparky. Let him guess. Um, two rings, two Super Bowl rings. Is this person? If this guy uh, an offensive lineman? He is not. Uh, yeah, again, I'm completely lost. <laughs> All right, let's go to Dobbs Ferry, Sparky. Who is it? Who's the special guest for tomorrow's show? Coach, you know what? I'm, I haven't even thought about it right yet. Oh. I, I missed most of the show early. Unfortunately. All right. Well, let me just tell the people then. Tomorrow, the special guest on my show, Mark Bavaro. Wow. So if you're a Giant fan, you better be tuned in tomorrow. Locked it in. Wow. No, I I hate bringing up Kyrie Irving, but you know what, Coach? The people that fall for Kyrie Irving, it's the Nets organization. Okay? Because this guy didn't all of a sudden become a loose cannon. He's been like that his whole career. And what would make them think he could change? I mean, Go. yeah, I mean, listen, when when you talk about an organizational failure, I mean, how many outs did they give him after all of these things? I mean, first of all, they put their foot down. They said, okay, he, he's not vaccinated. He's not going to play. And then it was like, oh, well, well, you know, we kind of need him, so we'll bend the rules. We'll go back on what we said. I mean, they've enabled him at every step of the way. I mean, Coach, maybe I'm imagining things, but on your job, doesn't the boss have the right to ask you what or tell you what you should be doing? I uh, mean, yeah, you get and I get performance evaluations. Yeah, I get everything. I mean, now back now on baseball, what Rob Manfred's doing with the scheduling is really disappointing. You have to play everybody. He's taken away the importance of a division rivalry. I kind of like it. I, I have to be honest. I kind of really? like it. You want to know why? Because for selfish reasons, I would love to go to all of the stadiums. And if I can see either the Yankees or the Mets play anywhere, you know what I mean? I, I, I like it so, for that reason. You know what? what? I was thinking that you would like it for the exact reason you just mentioned. Because like you said, that what you've been to like about 22 stadiums about. I think it's 20. Yeah. I think you would. I think you'd catch the ones that you haven't been at this season, if if things worked out. And I, and I would get to see one of our two teams playing there. Yeah, that, that's why I like that. 
I mean, the only place I've been outside of New York to see the Yankees is at Camden Yards. Yeah, and I've done that. That was fun. That place, to me, to me, or well, I remember, too, it's just like going years ago, going to, there was a, a restaurant down by the harbor, a place called Max's, Max's Wharf, and they had the best flounder I ever ate. <laughs> now, and, um, now, as far as the Mets go, Scherzer, yeah. to me, would be the right guy because, you know what, you want to get him to pitch as much early in the season because later in the year, his durability, you could really question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for the both of them, right? They're both older pitchers, and, and yeah. you want them fresh for the, for the run that you're expected to make, of course. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. But um, yeah. it's just the excitement factor of opening day, opening, you know, the opening series, home opener, oh, yeah, all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, as far as one thing with the Yanks, I like the fact that Cashman put his foot down with Severino. Oh, it, yeah. That's what because, I wanted to open with tomorrow. I agree. I like that he did it, too. Because I'm sorry. They're paying this guy good money. He's an important pitcher on a team who's had how many health issues. Yep. And, and Sparky, I'm, that is the ultimate teaser for tomorrow. The open is going to be. Let's do some baseball, right? It's 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 a balmy twenty six degrees. Let's talk some baseball, and uh, yeah, Mark Bavaro tomorrow night as well on the fan with me. So thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you over the past four hours. I love coming here and talking with you. And if you missed any portion of tonight's show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature and select the starter show, which was about what nine p.m. or so. Great job to Paul Rosenberg, to Susumu Araki, Sus behind the glass, Jack Stern on the updates. And I'll see you tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. for another four hours. Uh, in the meantime, you can hit my social medias, at Coach MCCARTAN, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll keep the conversation going. The Pete Hoffman, up next, right here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. WFAN.